Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Oh, welcome back to Spiro Avenue. So I've been out in the hallway kicking off a lot of rust and dust. It's been a while. We've missed you. We're happy to be back. It is a good time to be back because there's like a million things going on. So I apologize for abdicating the throne there for a few weeks, but I'm back. And we actually have three shows in a week, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But I want to remind you that I'm not paying the bills around here. And Ben's not paying the bills. No guests have ever paid my bills before. The sponsors pay the bills. And we have a new one tonight. I'm excited to introduce them. It's Superior Home Lending. This is an incredible company. It's our fresh new sponsor, keeping our lights on here at the Spiro Avenue Show. Tonight's presenting sponsor, in fact, this company is the ultimate one-man band. Everyone, the mortgage commercials inundate everybody, right? You're just getting slapped over the face, uh, across the face with them over and over again. It's like a two-by-four over the head. This guy does things a little differently. This is my friend, Michael Fick. I actually know Michael from college. We go way, way back. One of the best guys I know, I would trust him with anything. I would trust him with my money. I would trust him with my mortgage, certainly. And I, I like this company because it is the one-man band. This guy is the company. So if you're buying a house, refinancing, taking cash out of home equity to fund a trip to the Bahamas to see Michigan State play in the battle for Atlantis in November, whatever it may be, Michael Fix your guy. The problem with these huge companies is they have so much damn overhead, right? There's so much overhead. So you're paying for their Panera Bread corporate lunch that they have every Thursday. That's not the problem with Michael Fick. You don't have that issue. So he is fully independent. I highly recommend you checking him out. This guy can shop your mortgage all around town to make sure you get the best price. He doesn't owe any loyalty to anybody but the customer. There's no overhead for the guy. It's you and him. So I highly recommend you check him out. Superiorloans.mortgage, 616-299-9275. Information up there on your screen. Check him out. He is the man. He's a huge Detroit sports fan, actually, and I hate to say it for the Michigan fans. He's a Michigan State fan as well. He's going to make everything a breeze for you, I promise. So remember, check him out. That's Michael Fix, superiorloans.mortgage. Call or email to apply and see if you qualify. NMLS number 115792 at org. Thank you to Michael Fick. All right, I'm going to get to it. Normally, I do some grand introduction. We got the bells and whistles and we got graphics. And I have Ben staying up all night on Cracker doing whatever he does to stay awake to put up with me. Fuck that shit. We're not doing that, Stoney. Not, not <laughs> tonight, because I was told that you normally go to bed at like 930 and you're tucked in. No. And, and you've had your warm milk. Mm. And this show is starting almost at that time. Yeah. So I don't want to take you you know, too, too late into the night here. I'm off tomorrow because I'm going to go visit I have my college roommate. Son's being married on Saturday night in, in the D.C. area. So I'm off tomorrow. We're flying out tomorrow. So. Oh, What's happening? Uh, there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. I, By the a, way, that was the longest goddamn live read I've ever heard in my life. You should have seen what he paid me. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, come on. I, you look around. Someone's got to pay for the Paul Bunyan replica, the, yeah, the one of yeah. one on the wall. How many people have something like that? So, look, I, we talked a little bit before. I got a lot on my mind. The biggest thing on my mind, honestly, is how I'm going to converse with your former colleague, Bob Wojnowski, who I guess technically still is your colleague. Yeah. Your former co-host. Yeah. Wojo and I are having lunch tomorrow. 
Oh, really? With John uh, Niall from the Detroit News. I have I, Neo. Neo from the Detroit News. And look, this was completely because they wanted the pleasure of my company. It has nothing to do with the fact that they were obligated because I stuffed the ballot box at a charity golf out in the Tony Paul oh, posted. So okay. though that it's not bad. It's because they wanted to <laughs> oh, spend yeah. time with me. So Wojo has ignored, not rejected, rejected, fine. I get rejected all the time. Has completely ignored myriad requests to appear on this show. So I said, if I have to go in a roundabout way to get in in your company, Wojo, I'm going to do it. So now he has to, unless he wants to stiff a charity. So no, he'll be he'll, he's good with that. But to have him drive from his house out here, you know, it's he's always busy. He always has something to do. I, well, he may not drive. Can he paddle his boat? His basement floods every six weeks. I've never seen anything like. I mean, I know it was a rough summer, but my God, so there were a million places we could go. I, look, there's a lot going on. I think to me, with all respect to everyone else, the biggest thing going on right now is this Michigan, Michigan State thing. Oh, yeah. To me, that, that's number one. So, look, this is what you, you're in the mud every day with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Your co-host is a Michigan legend, NFL yes. star in his time, John Jansen. You're dealing with this each and every day. You can't get away from it. So, no. your second appearance here. Your years of experience, DFN, now 97 won the ticket. I can't imagine a whole long list of people better equipped to handle a crazy-ass conversation like the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, so let's get to it. I want to start on Jim Harbaugh specifically. Okay. And then we'll, we'll kind of work our way backwards from there. I would argue that this is a crossroads game for Jim Harbaugh, where this guy was on the mat last year. Barely got out alive. I, I, I look. I have a lot of Michigan fans in my ether. I've had a lot of Michigan fans on my show. Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani, et cetera, et cetera. None of these guys wanted him back. I mean, they were. It's, I, it's I thought it should have been fired after last year. Majority opinion. Yeah. Majority opinion. At least in my ether. Mm-hmm. Look, I didn't take a scientific poll with Gallup. He's off the mat now. He was on the mat. I would argue he's off the mat, but he's not boxing strong yet. He's undefeated. He's presumably going to be 7-0 after this Northwestern game. He, he's, he's not on the nine count. He's not about to get counted out. But I don't think he's thriving yet because we've seen this movie before. We've seen Michigan get off to these starts under Harbaugh and other coaches yeah. in the back four or five games. It's what Michigan State used to be. Start 6-1 and one or 7-1 and one with John L. Smith and then fall on their face. I, the stakes have never been higher in any individual game for Jim Harbaugh in terms of career and legacy, obviously the game in Ohio State to go to the Big Ten title game was bigger. But in terms of his standing, he was never, win or lose, going to be in trouble with that Ohio State loss no. six years ago. In terms of his legacy, security, and standing, he has never had a more important game than what's coming up on this Saturday. And I saw this interaction on Twitter today or yesterday, whatever it was. I don't know, it all washes together. Between you and a Michigan fan, and there was some exchange about uh, he says if if Michigan State wins on Saturday, uh, you know, next Saturday, you got to fire Jim Harbaugh. And your response was, you don't fire a guy after eight games when they would be seven and one. If they end up eight and four or worse, I would consider it. I thought he should have been gone after last season. Most of that I agree with. It's yeah. that middle section. If they end up eight and four or worse, you would consider it? Well, consider I, it. It's, come well, on. If, if, if they lose the four Big games, or even even if uh, part of those four are I don't know Maryland or Indiana, yeah. But I'm not Ward Manual. I to me the Michigan State game. If they lose, it would suck. But what if they lose the Michigan State and beat Penn State and Ohio State? 
to me, that's I'm with you. That I'm takes you. away that takes away the Michigan State loss. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ohio State's going to run the table the rest of the way anyway. Over all these teams, I think their little blip was a blip early in the season. I think they're the they're still the best team in the Big Ten. I think, but who knows? Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Vegas would agree. Yeah. There's no worse trope with fans than it's a fireable offense. I, my, my buddy Adam Baydoon, you know, he said, if Dan Campbell switches Panay Sewell to right tackle, I would fire him on the spot. Like the whole fire him on the spot thing is so it's, overdone. It's rid- Look, I, I, I've gotten away from that a little bit because I've gotten older and wiser. I think I've become paid. Now, Harbaugh is a different story because seven years is, en- is, is enough. Uh, and if you can't at least beat Ohio State once in seven years, that's a problem. The only saving grace, if they did do the eight and four thing, is if in the last few games he lets JJ McCarthy play, and you say, "Oh my God, this guy is really, really good." Well, we're building something. We have some really good young players coming in. That's the only way. But yeah, the, I. They, if they're eight and four and the losses are to the big boys again, yeah, I'd fire him. Well, I'm doing the but, math. But, but he's not going to, but I'm not one of those who's going to sit there and say Ward Manuel wouldn't fire him. I don't really don't know if it's Ward's job. Who in the hell knows? Schlissel's leaving. He didn't like football. Maybe the portal can be opened up a little bit more than it has been in the past. They're at a huge disadvantage for that. Um, I, I don't know. I it, it's As a Michigan fan, it, it sucks, but I've been on this Michigan is Iowa crusade for the last five years. That's what they are. They've haven't won a Big Ten title in what two thousand four, right? Two thousand yes, two thousand four. Okay, yep. So they Braille get they usually get between usually between you know nine and eight, between eight and ten wins every year. You've had their you had the few that have been bad, worse, and you've had the few that have been better. But this is what they are. And college football is not the way it was back when they were, you know, Ohio State and Michigan every year. And people just have to become used to it, and they're not. It's this, as a Michigan fan, I, like, can't stand this whole thing. But we're Michigan. You're not, yeah, you're right. You are Michigan. You win eight games every year. And that's the way it is. And if the school is okay with being Iowa, and they don't get in trouble, and the kids graduate and all that kind of stuff, that's why they won't fire them. Because they're Iowa. and. People in Iowa aren't firing Kirk Ferentz. I mean, I could argue, and Iowa's a fine comparison, but at least they've been to Indianapolis. Like yeah, they, but, they, that, but let's, would they have been to Indianapolis if they played in the East? Well, I, maybe. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know, and, you know, I, I saw uh, Damian Terry go on the road and take care of Ohio State. I don't know. I, I know, you know, I we, know. Don't, we don't know that, but either right. way, oh, yeah, they've it's, been it's there. embarrassing. Like Michigan State's been there a few times. I mean, yeah. Yeah, three times. Yeah, and, it sucks. Yeah. 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 It's it's nice. I, I could give you the whole tour if you, if, oh, I, any, if any Michigan fans are interested in Indianapolis. I'll show you around. No, I I understand that they. I, I just don't think they're they're not <laughs> historically they're great, but history stops at a certain point. Recent history, they're not great, and that's the, that's the way it is. And it's not just Harbaugh's fault. I mean, Harbaugh's actually brought them back to where they're good. They're not great at all. They're good. And yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at some point, it's like the Bill Parcells thing. Like, you are your record. Right. Like, you are what right. you are. Yeah. There's the occasional blip, you know, right. anomalies. But if you look like 
10 steps back and look at the chart, they are in that 8-9 right. win, which is fine. It's like you're Tennessee. I right. mean, you know, that's yes, fine. I, know. I mean, a little better than Tennessee in recent years, but that's kind of what they've been. I don't know. I, I, I think, first of all, doing the math, because, you know, I, I went to Michigan State, so I'm a genius, obviously. I assume they're going to beat Northwestern, so that'd be 7-0. Look, I've been shocked before, but they should be. They should be I think Northwestern's better now than they were when you when Michigan State played. I agree. And he puts, they switch quarterbacks. But yeah. still, they should win that yeah. game. So let's, let's say that's granted. So 7-0, again, running the math in my head like I'm John Nash here. If they go 8-4, that, that means they're ending the year losing 4 out of 5. Right. I, like oh, that's, yes. And then one of them would be, if they're 8-4, one of them – would be either Maryland, Indiana, or Maryland or Indiana too. Yeah, right. And I don't even care if you beat Ohio State if they, you know and lose the other four. Like he's got to go. I, I'm sorry. And like I mean, I I wouldn't mind him hanging around, but if I'm a Michigan I fan, I would want him gone. And your your example with McCarthy, couldn't I argue that if McCarthy comes in the last two or three games and lights it up when they already have two losses hanging on their uh, doorstep, that that's an even further indictment of what, no. what are they doing with McNamara? No, I mean, what I, I you can't here? change quarterbacks now when you're undefeated. I don't think you can have him play a little bit more, which he has done a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and I think having the bye week, maybe he'll even play more this week and then we'll see what happens against the Spartans. But no, I mean, I know it would be a bold ass move to, to pull a guy who he's not g- great, but he's been fine. I mean, McNamara's been fine. They they win. They haven't asked him to do that much. So. Why why can't you do it though? I agree it would have been better a month ago. He should have already done it, but like why why not? Because then you're taking a chance on a, a freshman kid not being ready to really handle stuff yet. I'm not a McNamara guy. And it look, no, this is, I, it's I, not I, an anti-Michigan thing. I, I am a McCarthy guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know so. I know. He's got a certain swag to him too, from what I understand. And the, the one time that I did get to talk to them. Uh, a lot of the young players, if, if they keep winning, there's no need to pull them. I don't know. I, cause they're, they're not going to keep winning with the, well, okay. So they're once. so limited and, and look, Michigan state has flaws too. This is the anti-Michigan. No, I know. I, we talked before the show. I think they're even teams. I don't know. Michigan state so much better. I think they're a dead heat, uh, but I just objectively, I mean, I'm thrilled if we only see McNamara or three snaps of McCarthy on October 30th. But like objectively, if I were a Michigan fan or just some fan that didn't care and was just watching, I can manage McNamara. Like McNamara is not going to beat me over the top. I McNamara is not going to throw for 400 yards. Like I just keep the guys in front of me. I it's been beaten to death. Michigan State's got the bend, but don't break. Although they've been mostly just they don't even bend the last couple of weeks overall. But generally, they're they're going to give you some stuff. Mm-hmm. McCarthy scares me, and we haven't seen enough to know. Maybe maybe the guy can't read a blitz for shit. Well, I don't know. I That's think, possible. I think people have gotten a little overexcited over two passes. Yeah, but he does have the pedigree, though. Mac, McNamara, yeah, I mean, I know. Well, he's supposed— McNamara was pretty highly recruited out of high school. Not, not like, McCarthy. Not like McCarthy. Yep. But— I don't know. We'll, it'll, we'll it'll see. Be, it'll be fun. It should well, be fun. I mean, I look, I— any prediction that I have for what Michigan's doing the rest of the year is completely— contingent asterisk, whatever you want to say, and what they're doing at quarterback. If you tell me that McNamara is going to take the majority of the snaps the entire season, they're getting three losses this year. I mean, like or worse. I mean, it could be worse, but I'm saying at least three losses. That guy's not going to beat Penn State. That guy's not going to beat Ohio State. I don't think he's going to beat us. If you put McCarthy in, that changes your dynamic. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to find out soon enough. I, I don't know. 
Like where where do you gun your head? Where do you think this is headed with them? Michigan final record. If you just had to guess, we've talked about if final this record uh, nine and three. Yeah, I, that's seems about right. Yeah, which yeah. which I mean, it won't appease people, but considering what you thought they were going to be this year, I think it's been much better than we that's thought. Was it seven and a half in Vegas or something like that? Yeah. You would have. Technically, I am yeah. so pissed that I didn't do what I wanted to do and take. Michigan State over. That was the, that was such uh, easy money. Don't even get me into it. I was going to do it. Everyone says it was uh, four and a half, four, yes. and a half, four and a half. So I go on my app to do it. It was five, and I'm like, I think they're gonna go six and six. I really did, but I'm like, I don't, I don't, I never bet an over under if I think it's just one game off. I only bet. It's kind of my manifesto. I have to think it's two games off. Like the Lions, I actually bet under because I thought it was at least two games off. I thought they were going two and fifteen from Jump Street. Yeah, it's yeah, still, still time, you. but we'll see. No, you're probably but right. I, I'm kicking myself too. So I want to transition to this. We'll stay on Michigan, Michigan State, but in a different lane. This whole Michigan attitude thing. Look, if I were a paid consultant, and my only job, I have a fiduciary duty to serve my client. And I'm a paid consultant for the University of Michigan. And they're telling me, how can you help us gain an edge in this rivalry, not on the field, but just a mental edge? My advice would be, shut your mouth. Tell your alums to shut your mouth. It's specifically with the Michigan State thing. Lay low, because there has been no greater fuel for Michigan State, I would argue, than the constant, the little brother stuff. Look, the little brother comment in 2007 from Mike Hart continuously is used and has resonated within the Michigan fan base. And it blows my but mind. that You have a different fan base than I do. My friends, maybe because they're older, they're all sick of that. Most Michigan fans I know are very realistic about what the program is. Well, you and I have some educated friends, but I'm talking about in the ether. And we're not talking about Joe shit, the rag man, you know, 87, 32. We both have Twitter accounts. We know what it's like out there. But this, this little brother thing has been said by Rashawn Gary on TV. Chase Winovich on TV, Braylon Edwards on radio. Like, this isn't me pulling some random guy. This, this is the actual players, and it was a player, an active player, that said it to begin with. So right. it, it, you can say, oh, I don't know what water cooler you're hanging out at, but this is coming right from the program or, or you know, descendants of the program. I think it's done a disservice to them. They think that it, like, bothers us. I don't know a Spartan fan that's like, oh, my God, like, it, it gets in my feels when they call us that. I, we think it's funny. I mean, we've turned it around on them. Jan, Jansen hates it. He thinks it is. Well, Jansen's a smart guy. Yeah. He, he should hate it. Yeah. Chris Castellani, smart guy. He hates I it, hate too. It. Anthony Broom, right. smart guy. He hates it. Right. I, I think Mike Hart hates it, too, probably. I don't, I don't know. It's, he hasn't apologized for it. He started it. I just, I look, I mean, they have, uh, Michigan State has a 9-4 and four record since the comment was made. I think it was galvanizing for them. I don't know if you saw the... Heat, I would say, that Braylon Edwards got into this week. He's kind of been all over the place. So for those that aren't following, any of the Michigan State fans that follow me on Twitter know all about it. They were going nuts all week. They've been apoplectic. But Braylon Edwards, obviously, if you're watching the show, you probably know. I'm probably the second best receiver I've seen in the Big Ten. I would put Charles Rogers just a, a little bit ahead of him. If you say Braylon's better, no problem, neck and neck. Um one of the greats tortured Michigan State in his career at Michigan. So he start, he's at Woodward Sports Network now, that uh, fledgling network in Birmingham that's uh, about a year old now. He starts off by saying on his show with Ryan Armani that he cannot name a single player on Michigan State's defense and that there has not been 
anybody on that defense that has stepped up and played well on an individual level. It's just a whole bunch of averages, essentially, what the insinuation was. And Michigan State's defense has been quite phenomenal. He gets called out for this on social media. Right. It just for, I mean, Panasuk is one of the highest rated players objectively is like third in the country in sacks or whatever. I mean, just, he's getting hit with all the, all the Slade, Beasley. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Henderson's good one of Henderson's the best. Henderson's a terrific safety. Yeah. Crouch has been very he's, solid. He's, very sounding, good. he's sounding like Joe Milton after my question from last year about Antoine Simmons. Was it, you, you were the one that asked yeah. that. I forgot that yeah. it was you. We talked, I think we actually talked about that on the last time you were here. I forgot that was you though. Yeah. Yeah, we, we should give you a, a medal for that because that, that was that was brought back forward with Spartan Twitter this week with all this stuff. So he, he, he talks about this, and in Michigan State, he's, he's pissing all over the defense, and Ryan Armani's cackling in the background saying, yeah, I don't know, I can't name a single one. Gets called on, out on it, rightfully so, hit with all the data. He comes back the next day, and, and we'll play it. I don't know if you saw this, Tony, but this was the response to the heat he was getting. And then to the Michigan State fans who, who are, oh, chomping the wood. Here we and, go. Oh, here, chomping the wood and blah, 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 blah. Michigan State players, <laughs> Michigan State players, don't forget this same Michigan State fan base. Oh, they were talking stuff about Mel Tucker last year. They wanted him fired last year. LSU's next coach. But before the, <laughs> before the Michigan game last year, oh, you guys were using racial slurs. Some of you, not all of you. You were using racial slurs. You wanted him fired. State was a horrible coach. Michigan State was a horrible talent. You said all that. And then they beat Michigan and things changed. And now all of a sudden they're, they're six and no. And it's like, oh, chopping the wood. Michigan State players. Don't forget what that fan base said about you. Play for yourselves Can I and do not it? what the fan base says on Twitter. Seven and no. Can't name one. <laughs> Can't name one. That's Armani repeating the previous day's comment that neither one of them could name one player on Michigan State's defense, which, by the way, you're paid to talk sports. Like, come on, it's, it's, you're shitting on yourself with that one. Aside from the... By the way, I mean, uh, I'm, I get along great with Braylon, but uh, let me ask you a question. I don't know. I don't know as many Michigan State fans as you do. Did anybody you know want to fire Mel Tucker anytime during last year? Uh, during, that, uh, you're, you're burying the lead. Where, where were these people on the lawn with upside down crosses and white clan hoods? Yeah. That was the bigger charge. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, there might okay. have been somebody on Twitter. I have no idea. That was a 50 second clip that averaged a falsehood every six seconds. I mean, I, that, that was the most inefficient. Fifty second segment ever. If accuracy was the goal of production, like I, I've never seen anything like that. Chomping wood, it's chopping wood. I mean, it's trivial, but he blew that one. I don't know what Michigan State fans said. Quote: Michigan State didn't have a great talent. What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. It's not even bad grammar. It's just it's nothing. But the, the two bigger charges that Michigan State before the Michigan game, which oh, let me Google the schedule in my brain, was the second game of the year. Michigan State fans before the Michigan game, which can only mean after the Rutgers game, which can only mean after one game in the Mel Tucker tenure when he had hi, my name is Coach Tucker stickers all over his staff because no one knew who the hell anyone was. After one game, he's saying the Michigan State fan base, not some lunatic fringe uh, faction, the Michigan State fan base with a couple exceptions, not all of them, were presumably calling Mel Tucker the N-word or some variation of uh, myriad slurs that are out there, and wanted them fired. I mean, it just it makes absolutely no yeah. sense. Why are you poking this bear? So you start the week with 
I, I don't know, a single guy on this defense. Now you're saying Michigan State fans want to Tucker fire. They, they're not in his corner. You're, you're kicking this. You know me. Now. I don't like commenting about other people's uh, work in the media. Is that that much? You don't have to comment on that. But I'm talking generally with this attitude. I don't think it serves them well. And we'll finish here with him. Well, I, I agree with that, but I don't think it's as prevalent from the fan base as you think it is. That's all I'm saying. It's prevalent from enough people that there's there's room on the bulletin board for it, and I think it gets it gets used. Well, but I mean, the Spartan fan base is now that obviously table has turned in the last you know five, six, seven years has gone the other way too to a certain extent. I mean, they I, I, make fun of Michigan, you know, a lot too, but nothing. You know, I well, look. I've always said since I moved here, yeah, thirty five years ago, and it's a cliche, but it's true. One had an arrogance, one had an inferiority complex, and it was, I could see it. I wasn't even from here. And it just went on. I mean, the stuff when I used to work at Channel 4, how come you're not uh, covering um, Michigan State's press conference, but you're Michigan's? Well, they're both on Mondays, and Ann Arbor's a little closer, and we can't get two crews. And Michigan's actually better, you know, at this point in time. Of, right, in right. The, in the, I mean, and people were just, they were so worried, so bothered by this blue wall crap. Some uh, I argue with Valenti all the time about it, but I don't. Uh, who cares? Just worry about yourself, and and just and you'll be fine. Just like they're fine in basketball historically, and just like they're they're fine in football. The last uh, historically too. I mean, they've won the national championship in the sixties. Well, uh, just to clarify, are you saying? The blue wall is not a thing. Or are you saying I who think cares if it is a thing? I think it's over. I think a little bit uh, it exists a little bit, but I think this you know, I don't know like they, they a lot of the Michigan State fans go off on like you know Angelique and, and people like that. I, I don't think they purposely sit there and root for Michigan that they they don't care. I don't think the writers Look, care. I can't speak for all of them. I promise you, Angelique doesn't care. Like, I thought it was wonderful. Angelique was just it was just if, at if, the if, studio a couple of days ago. Like, we're talking to me. If you're going to compare like beat writers who cheer for their schools, I mean Charbonneau and Solari. I mean, oh, don't pick on Solari. No, I like them. Yeah. That, that's fine. They went there. That's okay, and they, and they're not shy about it. Yeah. But I don't see you know the, the all the guys who 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 went to Michigan who are in the media, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, Wojo doesn't, uh, you know, I, 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 he might not take as many shots at Michigan as Michigan state. I'll argue that. I, I think he's pretty neutral. People think I'm crazy. Uh, but like even like late, but great drew sharp. Oh, used to always, he went to Michigan. You'd never know it. Neo went to Michigan. You'd never know it because they don't, they don't favor them. Even the Michael Rosenberg went to Michigan. He got him on probation. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, John, you bacon that Rosenberg, you would have thought he hated Michigan, if anything. I mean, it just seems like railroading him up there. Right. Look, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's I, I'm with you at at the conclusion where, like, even if it is a thing, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. I, I, just, I don't care about the blue wall thing, but I was curious for your take on it. So we'll, we'll finish with with Braylon here. This is just, I want to play the clip and, and put a bow on Braylon. And I don't want to really talk about Braylon again for like six months at least. So we'll, we'll play. This was his reaction to people calling him out for the false racism claim. 
You know, I was sitting in my office today, just kind of sitting around, just getting ready for the show and getting ready for the day. It was, it's beautiful outside. I'm just, you got an office? I, I do have oh. an office. I, I do have an office. I was looking at my three uh, Dean's List stars that I had when I was at the University of Michigan, and I was looking at my CYO, Student Athlete of the Year, in uh, eighth grade, mind you. Where That's tough to get, the it, CYO. Yeah, CYO, 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 with, you know, <laughs> mind you. And, you know, I was just thinking about some notes that I was going to write down for this uh, Mott's Children Hospital event that I'm emceeing this year, uh, November. Emceeing, I was thinking about some notes that I was writing down for that and how I was going to attack that. It's just a great cause. And just thinking that, man, life is just really good, man. And, you know, we as giants... We don't spend time arguing with peons, man, so I'm having a hell of a day. We call that a track record, my yes. friend. Those that know, know. Those that don't know will have to take my word for it. He's calling the Michigan State fans peons for asking for evidence of racism that he said was apparently rampant. So I don't know. I just this. If I were the consultant, I would tell everyone to shut the hell up. I'm old school, though. My opinion is, and I'll prove it if Michigan State loses this year or whenever they lose next. At some point, they're going to lose. I shut my mouth when Michigan State loses. I think you play for bragging rights. And if your school loses, you don't talk. You don't talk. Right. People don't honor that. Well, don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've become so anti-troll. It's unbelievable. I just, to me, like guys, like my friend Rieger, I mean, he's the unbelievable between Stafford, between Harbaugh, between this. It's like, he trolls Michigan State in basketball, and I hate that. The whole Twitter thing, it's like the Twitter police just amuses me. Because if I, if I say, or I spell something wrong, or I do this, and oh, da, 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 it's like, you know what? Who gives a shit? And so I don't tweet as much as I used to because I'm addicted to it at times. But who are people tweeting for? You tweet all the time. Who are you tweeting for? If you've seen the masses that I've gathered, we've had a 375% increase in growth in our viewership and Twitter follows. <laughs> I made up that number, but it sounds right. I know. It sounds good. It's like so, so, sometimes people just tweet for the sake of tweeting. And I'm guilty of that sometimes, too. It's like during a game, I'm tweeting. I say, what did I tweet that for? Everybody saw the same thing. Have I'm you seen my Twitter about. profile? I have it right in there. I'm not responsible for anything said during games. Yes. I, and I mean that. I've texted friends, like, wanting you know, my favorite players to die. And so it's yeah, that. Right. Like, I literally want these fucking right. guys to I mean, die because you're not the best. Like, I am exempt. I, I Look, you want to cancel me. You got to cancel me outside of the game window. Because anything I say... I don't, I mean, you could try, but I don't acknowledge it. Now, if it's brilliant, I'll take credit. But I don't want any credit or blame for anything I say during games, really. So do you think Mel's, you think Mel's staying, don't you? I do. I do. I, I have said from day one, I don't think he's a lifer. I think, you know, we had a, a question, one of the guests that we had, one of the Michigan State guests, I can't remember which one, was like over under, uh, I think it was seven and a half years, and we both took the under. It's like, I don't think he's going to be here anywhere near D'Antonio's length of time. I hope I'm wrong. I love Mel Tucker, but I I just I think he has proven he might go to the NFL before he goes back to college. Goes to college. It's possible. Yeah. I, it's very possible. Yeah, look, the LSU job is it a better job than Michigan State? Yeah, you got to deal with Alabama, but it's the SEC. It's a more of a recruiting base. I still think it's too early for him to do it. And I, people, whoa, he left Colorado. I don't. It's, it's different. It's really different. Well, it's a, it's a smaller jump up, and it's, it, it is a jump up. These Michigan State fans, I, you know, even Rico is like, oh, it's, you know, it's a small jump. But he said yesterday, the day before, 
that Michigan State's catching LSU and, and could be equal with them in like two years. It's like, I'm the biggest Michigan State fan ever. We're drowning in green and white over here. And even I'm not saying that shit. Like, I mean, God bless you, Rico. But like, you know, there's a lot of state fans that think that. I think they're they're kind of out of their minds. But Colorado, I mean, God love them. That's that's a poverty program. They don't spend. Right. They, I mean, anytime anybody does anything, they leave because they, they don't pay up. I, I just, it's, it's apples to oranges. I think he's staying. I, I see him going in like five years. Um, you know, and if it's to go to the NFL because he's done so well for half a decade mm-hmm. here, like I, uh, I'll kiss him goodbye. Yeah. If he goes undefeated this year, which I'm not predicting, I don't think it'll happen. He goes undefeated, goes to the college football playoff, and even if they get their doors blown off, and he goes to Saban retires, he goes to Bama, or the Bears' job opens up and he goes to Chicago, I'm, I'm, I'm I might add a fourth picture on his wall. I'm not going to be mad at him. It's a good no. problem to have. I'll take yes. that. I think he stays. I, I, even before they got on the this, this streak, like. Early in the season, I, I just love the way they were doing things. I like the recruiting. I like the way they handled the, the portal. I like their social media stuff. Michigan's social media stuff has improved, too, a lot, too. But I, I like what Michigan's – I like what they're building. I really do. He gets it. He's a great CEO of the program. Mm-hmm. He understands all this stuff. They are so managed. We did an homage rap song to him last year before he even coached his first game. You know, one game away from everyone wanting him fired and calling him racial slurs, apparently. But – and we got contacted within like a day from his rep and he's rep by this agency. And it's not his agent that negotiates his contract. It's like a brand identity agency and they're in control of everything he does. And which is good. This is not a criticism of Mel Tucker. I think it's brilliant. He's working with professionals in this regard, how to relate to players that, that, you know, sneaker Saturday thing or Friday thing or whenever they, he releases his Nikes that he's wearing that day. Of course, he actually does like it. Right. But that was because he sat down with some smart people that he employed to like, how do I engage these kids? Again, not a criticism. This is no, it's great for recruiting. Brilliant. It's it's really a smart guy. He knows what he's doing, and it's a he's very calculated. Again, in a good way. And I, I just think he gets it. I think he gets it more than anybody in the country, as much or more, in that lane. Is that fair? That's fair. I don't know anybody that gets it more, but you know, he's the social media, the appeal, the, the alternate crap. You know who's pretty good at that? Not quite as good. Juwan. He's great. Sl- subtly. He's getting better and better. Media. Yeah, he is. He was, he was the last couple of days. Yeah. He's been uh, diving in some pools with that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so important. That's what these kids eat up. It's all about retweets and all that stuff. So let's get completely off this. Yes. I, I'll finish one more thing though. Your prediction for the 30th before you leave. And I think state wins a close game. I just think they're a little better. And they're home. 20, now, home field didn't me make that much difference last year, obviously, but yeah. I just think they're a little better. The home field to me means so little in that game. It's like it's it's not that big of an advantage. You're you're still sleeping in your own bed and shit, but whatever. I mean, it's 27-23 Michigan State's kind of where I land. We'll see. Completely off topic. We're gonna change now. Okay. I don't want to spend an hour on this. The guy's not even here anymore. But I, I want this sort of litigated finally and then done for a long time, at least on this show. Matthew Stafford. I have seen so much stuff on Matthew Stafford the last couple of weeks, really all season, but really the last couple of mm-hmm. weeks. I'm bothered by it because I was very consistent in my view, Tony. I was very consistent throughout the guy's entire career. He was not the problem. And you can say, oh, you're telling me he bears no responsibility for the lack of success. That's a straw man argument. No one ever said that. He's not the problem. He wasn't the second, third, fourth, or fifth biggest problem. They got a million problems that preceded him. If you I, have, if if you divvy up the pie chart as far as problems, I'd give him twenty percent of the. Oh, that's you're too high. 
Too high. No, whatever. Two percent. Two. Twenty. Okay. Because because if you value big moments and big games, that's where it's the twenty percent. Where even where they got screwed in Dallas, he got the ball back and could have let him down the field and didn't. Um, there, the game in Green Bay where they could have won the division, he didn't. They didn't. Obviously, it's look. And the the other thing is. And I don't want to come off as a Stafford hater because I'm not. I think he's a really good quarterback. I always have. Uh, I just thought it was uh, the trade. I thought was fine because it was time because you knew they were going to rebuild. I agree. And that that was that was fine. The the problem I have is people sitting there. Oh, he had nothing to work with. He had nothing to work with. See, look at Goff. He stinks. He has nothing to work with. Yeah. Let me tell you though, I'm Stafford's better than Goff, but Stafford always had Roy. For a little bit, Calvin, Burleson, Tate, Galladay, Marvin Jones is a terrific player. He had really good receivers. Now, he didn't have a running game. His defense, the defense was only good for maybe three of his 12 years, if that. So, yeah. But to say that he had nothing to work with, he had a Hall of Fame receiver. Now, who threw Calvin Johnson the ball? Matthew Stafford. Yes, he gets credit for that, too. But I, I for people to say, you're right that he was the problem that they could never win with him, I think is absurd. Conversely, to sit there and say he bears no responsibility is equally absurd. Very little responsibility. If if he was at fault, then why why does everything precede him? The second he leaves, he's the best or second best quarterback in the league. The teams, the Rams look better than they ever have. Like we have, we've we've moved him. We've seen what it was before he got here. 0-16, we've seen what happened after he left. Maybe 0-17, and we see what happened to the team he went to. Yeah, but I don't think this year is fair as far as the Lions because I think they purposely are organizationally tanking. Okay, what about 2008? 2008, they were horrible too, but I'm talking about since people are trying to use this year. Now this year... What about the other 60 years that he wasn't here? They've been horrible forever. Of course they've been horrible forever. They are, I don't believe in curses except one. They're cursed. No, see, I don't like that either. Well, the, it's, the that curse, does, it doesn't take them off the hook because it that's does part get of, them off it, the hook. It's part of the curse. They are part of the curse. If the, the Ford, curse started before they bought the team, they're part of the curse. That they bought the team on the day Kennedy got assassinated is part of the curse. Okay, I'm with the you. The fact there. that Chuck Hughes died, yeah. no other player died 50 years ago today, is part of the curse. The Eric Endelsack is mowing his lawn. And a semi runs him over and kills him. He was a pro ball alternate. That's part of the curse. Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, it's part of the curse. Martha Ford, William Clay Ford, they're part of the, it's all part of the curse. They're the main, look, they're the main reason the Ford family by this team never did anything. And and why is that? Because they couldn't figure out, all they had to do was hire the one person. Whoever that might be, you'd think after all these years that they'd hire one competent guy to run everything. I don't get how you don't f- stumble into one. Right? Yeah, like just even, by accident. Even, even like Millen, okay? They went outside the box. Good. That's fine. But then to extend them? It didn't work. Okay, fine. But then you extended them after you, you knew it didn't work? That is absurd. You had the locker room ready to execute their coach last year. And they brought him back. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, okay, you made the mistake with Matt Patricia. Right. I was fine with the hire. I liked it at the time. But you said it. They don't pull the plug fast enough. You clarified. So 
fine with the curse thing, but there are people that act like, but for the, this mystical force in the universe, the no, lions no, would be they're, fine. They're, no, they're, they're cursed, but their fords are part of the, the curse. The fords are the curse. They're, they're the hex on this uh, on this whole organization. Yeah. But I just, I, the Stanford thing in particular, to me, this was the ultimate. We didn't get to see this with Barry. We didn't get to see this with Calvin. And even if we had to see them go elsewhere, it's not the same as with a quarterback. But they just don't have the same influence on the game. I want to put up just his stats so people get a, a little bit of a perspective. I mean, we, we know just, just we're gonna flash it. We're gonna flash it real quick. So Ben, just we'll go through both of them really quick. This is PFF. This was released today. Highest passing grades on throws past the first read. Matthew Stafford is ninety point one. So you know, for the uninitiated, uninitiated past the first read would mean. You know, your first read Maybe is when Jared Goff doesn't see guys wide open he on the second read. Goff doesn't see his first read. But, <laughs> I, I, it's, you know, but Stafford, it, it's funny because the knock on Stafford was always just chucking it up to Calvin. That was like another nonsense. The objective metric here says Stafford is the best at moving through his progressions and finding, okay, the, the first option isn't there. Who's second, third, fourth on my list? So, all right, moving on. This was uh, Ben's beautiful graphic here. Matthew Stafford in LA, total QBR. 75.0. That is first in the league. By the way, second place is Russell Wilson, who's like dead now with 70. So he's like, he's way ahead of the, the rest of the NFL. QB rating, the more antiquated, but still out there stat, 116.6, second overall in the league. Yards per attempt, 9.2, second in the league. And the current pace, if you want to get pretty and do the whole pace baseball thing, 44 touchdowns, 11 picks, and a Rams record of Actually, a little bit better than 14 and three, but you can't win 14 and a half games. So I rounded down for the sake of objectivity. They're on pace to go 14 and three, and he's going to be either the league MVP or second or third in voting. Kyler Murray is just so dynamite. It's tough to see him not winning. So well, aren't you willing to give Sean McVay credit for this? Like, so, I mean, not all. Of course. Okay. Of course. It's a marriage of a good, smart coach and a great right. talent. I mean, his guys are always freaking wide open. I'm not saying he hasn't made good passes, but you watch them he's, play. He's a great coach, offensive yeah. coach. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm, this isn't he, to say. He's one of those guys you just want to smack in the face, though. He's one of those. He's got a punchable face. Yeah. He's very smug. Yeah. And I'm. Like when he ran know. around at halftime. Uh, what was it? I forget which game it was. Yeah. Well, and when you're young and handsome and your girlfriend looks like a bikini model, or I think she maybe literally is one, but I, I guess the arrogance makes sense. But look, that's my point, though. It's not to denigrate McVeigh. They were a good organization before Stafford got there. It's a marriage of the two. I would argue that this is the ultimate proof. And then we, we need to see it in the playoffs, but we're seeing that Stafford wasn't the problem, that with competent management, he can be the first or second okay. best quarterback in the whole True, league. But isn't, ja isn't Jared Goff the indictment that it's all, a lot of it's McVay because Jared Goff was horrible under Jeff Fisher. McVay got here and he was pretty good. Dropped off last year. Now he doesn't have dropped McVay. off, dropped off the last two years. Yeah. But he I, still won a playoff game last year. Okay. Let's use some discernment. He's been pretty bad the last two years. I, I mean, whatever you want to throw out there, Stafford stepped into the same situation. It's all the same guys, Robert Woods. I mean, if anything, their, their run game's worse. Like, their defense is certainly worse. They were, uh, you know, a lot better last year uh, by any metric. So I, I, I could argue I, Stafford he, he, has he, less he, to work with than Goff did. He's he's having a great year. There's no doubt. I want to see what happens when they start playing divisional. Okay, so you're you're. No, still, I just want to see. Okay, you'll see. But he's, he's he's been great. I'm not say he's going to go undefeated. No, he's going to. They're my pick to win the whole thing. It's it's tough. You never know. We've seen the Saints. They should have gone to the Super Bowl. They got screwed. Stuff can happen. We all yes. know that. 
I think they are as well positioned as anybody. And the whole, we'll finish with Stafford here. The whole, oh, you know, people said he didn't have any supporting cast. What about Calvin? You went through the list. I would take a functional organization, a competent organization, managerially with a good head coach over a really good receiver. Oh, yeah. Or even a good receiver room any day of the week. No run game, terrible defense every year except 2014. They were average or worse. There were a couple years of their like let, let me ask you this. Does he take responsibility at all for not speaking up before? The only time he really spoke up was when he told him he wanted to be traded, basically. I mean, he was the one who, for some strange reason, was enamored with Jim Bob Cooter, who was one of the worst offensive coordinators that they've ever had. I mean, some of that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to see the rah-rah stuff. I think that's bullshit in a lot of cases. But you know, I think he would have had. I think he had more say than he knew and should have done. That's what Barry was always criticized for too. That that criticism is totally fair. Yeah, I'm with you. That that's the thing. And I and I've said that you know historically, you know, in Valenti's big thing is you know, oh, he signed another big deal. He didn't have to sign it. Like get away from this loser organization. That's all. Like that. Those are fair criticisms to levy. I would just say. Yes, in a perfect world, and it is on him for not speaking up. He did have the gravitas to do so, right? But that's but, who he is, right? It's who he is, and to to put it on him, hey, hey, Stafford, why didn't you fix their their dysfunction or yell about their dysfunction? I wish he had. I wish he had uh, executed some of his leverage there. But again, he's not the problem. You're just blaming him for not curing this incurable disease of Ford family ownership. If you put him in a functional organization, he's going to be great. And he is not Tom Brady. Someone like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, they walk into in his prime Peyton Manning. They walk into the room. That's their organization right. for as long as they're there. It's like LeBron in the NBA. It doesn't matter how dysfunctional their organizations right. are. They're, he's not that. And he's not one of those all-time greats. Right. But he is Right at the top of that second tier, and he's proven yes, this year. Yes, absolutely. He's at the top of the second tier. He's not a first-tier guy, but that's fine. He's he's really good. It would be the ultimate middle finger. That's why I'm rooting for him. Everyone's saying, oh, we got the draft pick. The difference between the 32nd pick and the 29th, I'm sorry. like They're they're gonna win, They're already winning a lot of games, so they're not going to pick 12th. Well, that's like, why we discussed today that in hindsight, and I said this when I found out, I would have taken Carolina's offer if that was legitimate. Bridgewater and the— yeah, Sewell and, and Micah Parsons. Wouldn't you rather have that than Sewell and the 29th pick and the 28th pick, whatever the hell they're going to be in the next I, two years? I, yes. At the time, I said it was very close, but I was cool with what they did. The reason for it is because of the timeline of the rebuild. I thought they were, and I still do think they're so far away. Yeah, they are. You're spacing out those first round picks a little bit more into the future. It, you know, to but, that they're clock so, but they're the, so late in the first round. You're right. Well, especially this next one will be. I mean, who knows what will happen? I think they will be good for a couple of years, but who knows? But Here's the other thing about Stafford. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but he hasn't been healthy the last few years the whole, to play the whole season, too. No, just the last year. I mean, the, the, like the last, what, two years ago, actually. But hasn't he been mostly healthy? Last, uh, two, last two years. I, mean, I guess you're right. Yeah, he did miss time the last the back two years. And he had, had the, the long. Hand. You're right. He had the long Iron Man streak for like nine yeah. years. He was banged up his first couple of years. Right. It was like nine years in this well, game. Yeah. 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 No, the, you're right. The last two years. Uh, and one was a and one's a back. Yeah. Yeah. Tricky back. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, I, I'm rooting for them to win the whole thing because it's the ultimate middle finger, and it would be the ultimate experiment with this. We finally get to see the Lions in their transcendent Hall of Fame player 
leave and do it somewhere else. We didn't get to see, we were denied that with the other two. So I'm curious to see it. We'll get off the Lions completely because I like my life and I want to keep living and I don't want to live in a world where I have to talk about the Lions for any more than we already have. And to talk about something a little more depressing, frankly, because this organization has shown a pulse in my lifetime, although no championships. The Detroit Tigers, just let's hit it quickly. The Chris Illich offseason. We it's, talked. It's it's it's, it's either you're bullshitting or you're you're coming through. This is the crossroads. This, this is it. This you know, is it. Hey, they they've said for the last two years, when we're ready, when we're competitive, we'll spend money. And I yeah. think I think Hinch got an assurance before he took the job that this stuff was going to happen. Now, is it career or it's a failure? No. There's a, there's other good shortstops available. And I don't, here's the other thing. If they don't get career, this is in other sports and with other teams too. Doesn't mean they didn't try their hardest and give all. You know, sometimes you lose, you bid, and you lose. I just yeah. want to see them bidding. And you could argue that yeah, career would be great. Would you rather have two or three really good players or one amazing? Player? I don't know. I just want to see them. They need another pitcher or two. They need a shortstop. Obviously, they need a catcher. Oh, you said for the last two years, we've on this show pulled clips from Chris Illich in 2017 saying, I'm going to be here. The money's going to be there when the time's right. So right. You're, next year's 2022. So now you're talking five years. Well, from, the time was not right. It's now. I mean, it is now. And I, mean, and, and, and I, I won't blame him for not spending a few years earlier because what for? This. Yeah, there was an argument for last year. Well, right before yeah. the season started, I had Tony Paul from the Detroit News on, and he he gave a very good explanation for why they should have spent not massively, but right. should have started those first couple signings. Well, part of the problem was that one of the even though they didn't spend a lot of money, I mean, post Zimmerman and Upton was the, that he spent on he spent on the wrong guys. You know, even though they weren't it wasn't a huge guy. Mark Lowe and those type of guys. I mean, that was, those were major. Well, that was mistakes. all the same offseason. Mark Lowe, Mike Pelfrey, and Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah. And that was, I, I that's what everyone says, oh, just wait, the money will be, you know, not everyone. The Tigers supporters that are blind in some cases say, oh, like this is a rebuild. It's fine. The money will be there. I've always said, even if I grant that, which there's no evidence that Chris Elch will ever spend on anything, but maybe he'll prove us wrong. Who is spending the money? If it's, if it's Avila, we've seen him with a, Big checkbook, big uh, blank check one time, and it yielded Zimmerman, which was, by the way, the worst free agent signing in Detroit sports history. We've laid out why on this show in the past. Pelfrey and Lowe. Zimmerman was at least defensible, even though every number on the book said he was going to tank. But like you could argue, okay, whatever, you had to do something about Scherzer leaving. Marco and Mike Pelfrey were in real time ridiculous. I know. So I, we have to trust that he'll do it. I, I like keeping things very specific. I don't want any excuses from the Tigers fans. No. So I this we've talked about this before. I'm gonna I'm gonna recycle it. I set a baseline expectation for me. You gotta meet this or exceed it or go to hell. So this was Justin's bare minimum Detroit Tigers offseason. Bring Justin Verlander home. Everyone I talk to seems to think this is a given. I think, yeah, obviously pending medical and all that, but I think that's that's gotta be step one. Sign a premier shortstop. You are correct. Everyone obsessed with Correa. Correa would be great. There's other options out there. Mm -hmm. So sign plan B or C. That's fine too. One of those guys. 
And three, spend eight million plus on another free agent. Yep. Get like a good corner outfielder, which Avila says they don't think they're going to do. Another starter, right. a good middle class guy. This is the bare minimum. Verlander, one of those four or five best shortstops. I agree with you, but I would put two ahead of one on your list. Well, those aren't in oh, okay. any particular uh, order. The shortstops. Yeah, you could have. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, I agree. Okay, the shortstops. Okay. No, those were not. Verlander, in, I don't know if you heard. We had Leland on about, I don't know, five, six weeks ago. And I asked him about Verlander. I said, I don't know if you could talk about him per se. He says, people just have to be careful not to overspend on sentiment. He's, here's what he said. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I don't know. I, I, You know, Tony has said it on this show. I'm not going to take credit for his sourcing, but his connections with the Tigers said the second they traded him, like, don't worry, he'll be back. It's understood quote that they're, you know, he's coming back. I don't know. <laughs> I, my, I, I know the Illich family thinks he's coming back. Good. Like I, but you know, whatever it's not done till it's done. And look, I mean, I put Verlander there. If they want to sign another really good starter instead they of Verlander, need, they need another starter. Well, well, no, I mean, but yeah, they uh, they probably need two. But I'm saying That's whether what I mean. it's yeah, Verlander and somebody. But, he, else. but I'm talking bare minimum. I'm not talking about ideal. That was not an ideal. That is like you better do at least that. Right. You better sign and and if I put Verlander because I want to see it. It'd be great. But rather, you can sell them out for uh, a quick one. Have Scherzer. Well, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no question. Scherzer's not coming back, though. There's some animosity. Was that, was that the worst bunch of petty? That is, I think, almost as petty as Sergey's number not being retired. The fact that I don't think it's in the same galaxy. Well, you know what happened with Scherzer? The fact that they made that stuff public is, was the petty part. When, when Mike Illich at the press conference, are you talking about the scrum where Mike Illich, they asked him what happened, and he said what happened with Scherzer? You know what happened with Max Scherzer? It's I don't think it's like inside knowledge. Well, he wanted to, he wanted to be a free agent. That we all know. He had Boris, and he wanted to be paid, you know, like what Verlander was making. They wouldn't pay him. Well, what happened was Mike Gillich through Dombrowski said, "What number do you need? Right? Like we want to sign you. We want you here." Scherzer or Boris gave them the number. Right. Hey, this is what it's going to take to sign Max. Dombrowski brings that back to Mike. He took two, three, four days to you know, look at everything, meet with his team, got back to him and said, it's a deal, let's draw it up. Boris asked for more. That's what happened. And that and Mike Illich taught that you can YouTube it, just YouTube right. Mike Illich and Max Scherzer. I think it's still up. It was on YouTube. He basically says that. He doesn't lay out the right. entire sequence, but he says, you know, we asked him what you wanted. I said, okay. So I get I get why the, the Tigers and the Illich family is kind of like, fuck you. Because right. if I say to you, Stoney, like, hey, I want to hire you for an appearance at this fundraiser I'm right. doing. I want, you know, you're, you're a celebrity in town. What's it going to take? And you say, hey, you know, it's uh, $5,000 because I'm Stoney. I'm a big deal. And I say, okay, I'll get back to you in a day or two. And I come back and say 5000 it's a deal. And you say, no, actually, it's 7500 Like, I would be kind of like, F you. Right. I, 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 I get that. it. I get it. But he should know in the world of professional sports, there's a lot of that crap going on. And the, the Sergey stuff's a lot worse because Ser- yeah, Sergey, I know, I know. Sergey didn't like renege on anything. He just said like, yeah. "I appreciate the offer. I want to at least see what's out there." That's all Sergey did. Look, I believe me. That to me is it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. The Sergey stuff. That's unbelievable. It's embarrassing. He he is. I've told the story many times, but my friend Jack Johnson, who's on the Avalanche now, but made his debut with the LA Kings right. in 07. and I was at his first game out in LA. 
and I'm I'm in the like the suite or whatever that they got for the families. And Luke Robotai walks in. He was like their party planner at the time. Now he's higher up in the Kings organization. But I was peppering him with questions about he's like assistant GM or something. Yeah, he's he's Rob with Rob Blake. Blake. Yeah. yeah, he's number two there. So at the time he was like their party planner. It was like event special planner or something. He had retired like a year or two earlier. But anyway, great guy. So he walks in and I'm peppering him with questions about 0102. Robotai was one of my favorite players before they even got him. I loved Robotai. And I asked him, I said, you played with like 10 Hall of Famers on that team. He was one of them. Who would be like your number one guy to take if you had to win a seven game series? Like of all those greats that you played with. He said Sergey. He picked Sergey over Widstrom. Uh, well, he did say he did say Hasek, but I said skater. So Hasek was his first answer. He said, "Okay, I'm picking a skater." He picked Sergey over over Widstrom and uh, over all of them. But it gets better. I it, it, he pauses. He's I'm sitting there with him and my dad. We're talking to him about O2 wings. He says, "Actually, it's not just the O2 wings. I would take Fedorov over anybody I ever played with." Which at the uh, right away, it's uh, oh, that's a crazy thing to say. You probably played with some pretty good guys. I played with Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. I, I, I said over Gretzky. He said in a seven game. He says for eighty two games, I'll take Wayne. Seven game series, if my life depended on taking Sergey. How is this guy not in the rafters? Uh, it's petty. That's bad. That's bad. It's really bad. And I don't think it'll happen. I know I've heard two stories. I heard it's going to happen shortly. And then I've also heard it'll never happen as long as they own the team, or at least Marion's alive. But I don't think it'll happen. Because if you haven't done it yet. I know. I, I, well, yeah, I, never as long as Marion's alive, yeah. Because right. Marion, I think, is the, the one carrying that through. She but. loves hockey, too. You could care less about baseball. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an indictment, but whatever. What if the Scherzer, Fedorov, all that stuff? But they are petty. The Fedorov stuff is all-time level. But I don't know. It just the Tigers. The Tigers. At least that I we we told I told AJ Hinch I said I'm not kissing your ass here the last time we had him on because we have him on like every other week. I said thank you for making baseball relevant again. Yeah, he's the best manager in baseball. Oh, I said it when they hired. Him. I agree because he the whole like oh even the best manager is only worth like two wins. Okay, maybe in terms of in-game decisions, but in terms of the analytics he's brought in, the emphasis on routine and science and being forward-thinking and rest. That, when and, you see that roster next year, and you probably won't see, maybe you'll have one, but there definitely won't. I don't think there's going to be two Castros on that team. No. He's going to get rid of a lot of the crap. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I, I think he is like a de facto assistant GM. Yeah. I, I just, you know, he is driving the bus there, I yeah. think. And I mean the Tigers. That is what I'll say. You know, and that's so smart too. He's, he's even a brilliant in the media. With, I mean, he he's honest. I mean, he won't throw people under the bus, but he'll answer your question. Yeah, Ed, he's very guarded too with his staff. I know a member of his coaching staff is a fan of of our show and watches at least semi regularly. And I, you know, he reached out and I, I you know, just saying he liked the show. And I said, hey, I'd love to have you on. He's like, I can ask if you want, but AJ is like. No one can say anything but him. Like everything has to funnel through him, which is that's smart. You know, we don't need any idiot assistant coaches uh, out there. But I don't know. Just we'll back up to that. Is my bare minimum expectation unreasonable? No. Don't you think we have a right if they go beneath that? Which I mean, I, let's say it's Correa, Verlander. I don't even know where to peg him. Seventeen million a year for two years or something. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. he's thirty worth okay, thirty if he's bare healthy. minimum. But let me tell you something. If they get Correa. And they do the other thing with the $8 million for another, whether it's a pitcher or whatever, 
Verlander would probably be third on my list because I'm not sure how much he has left. We don't know. But again, I swap him out for a different pitcher then. Yes, fine. If they sign just the no, shortstop no, no, and no, another no. middle tier guy, no. I'm, I'm F you. I'm not celebrating that. Because no. what did we wait five years for? One guy? Like, mm. I mean, come on. Any, any organization can do that. A real commitment, a real keeping of the promise that you've made and repeated for five years now would be multiple pieces flowing in, not one, right. not one. And I, here's my prediction. That's my expectation for what I need to see to be happy, upset or whatever. My actual prediction, and we'll finish here. I'm curious if you agree. Talked about what's acceptable. My prediction is that they sign Justin Verlander. He's here. It's wonderful. We're all happy. And they'll sign one of those little $8 million guys. And that's it. That's what I oh, think is going to happen. He'll, he'll, get, he'll get ripped. Chris? Oh, yes. Do you think he cares? Well, I don't know. That's, that, what else can we do? Uh, he, I don't think he gives a shit. Look at the district Detroit. The guy's like Lyle Lang with the, with the, the monorail in Springfield. Like just look at these beautiful artist renderings. And he, he's tap dancing on a table in front of the Detroit City Council. If you give me $330 million in city funds, look what I'll build you. Okay, the check clears. Uh, I'm going to tear up that uh, presentation. We haven't, they haven't uh, shoveled a pile of dirt into District Detroit. He got killed. There was an HBO documentary dragging him through the coals. I just raking the, the guy. I was going to say poor guy, but not the poor guy. Did, did that break ground on the, the first speakeasy in Detroit or the first CVS or anything? I don't not think not he cares. Him. Nope. If an HBO documentary is not going to rattle the guy, I don't think he cares what this, a caller into your show or a viewer of my show thinks. I do I, 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 for some reason, I think they're going to at least do your bare minimum or at least try to do your bare minimum. I will not criticize them if they do the bare minimum. I, I'd like to see more, yeah. but that's what I need to see. So, okay, I disagree. I, we disagree. That's fine. I, I think they're going to let us down. But No, I don't. I, th- I think he's going to come through. I hope so. I hope so. So we'll finish here before we get to the speed round. This will be five minutes or less, Tony. This will be like a, a really long speed round question or a really short topic, whatever you want to say. I want to hit really quick on Tom Izzo's legacy. Tom Izzo, before the media this week, talking about Michigan State's unranked preseason for like the second time in 20 years. Very rare for them. Now they're like 26. They're right on the edge, but technically unranked. We haven't seen it. They're kind of flying under the radar. The last time we saw it was 2012. They ended up with a one seed winning the Big Ten, the Draymond Green senior team. So I'm curious where you stand on this. I was asked today about Tom Izzo's legacy if he never gets that second title. It's been a topic here before. I was asked on Twitter today about it. And this was the comparison I made. Well, I've been throwing up there. This is my response to this gentleman. I said he would be the Bill Cower of college basketball, a legend respected universally, but especially among his fan base. One championship with a bunch of close calls. Cower lost the Super Bowl, went to AFC title games and lost. But there's also something missing that makes it impossible to put him on the top line of all-time coaches. Tom Izzo, my I, license plate is literally TM Izzo. I'm a huge fan. I love the guy. Is it? Is what I, he's Bill Cower, right? Which is not some great insult. Bill Cower is one of the best football coaches of my lifetime. Tom Izzo, look, he's uh, literally he's in the Hall of Fame. Yep. He, what he did now, granted, the program was not. The program has always been pretty good over the years. With, with Judd, they were pretty. They won a national championship, and they had some really good years in the eighties. And the you know, he. I'm biased. I just think he's a great coach. 
uh, legacy. I don't know. Is he going to be a top 10 of all time? No. Even if he got the second, I don't think he's in a top 10 of all time, but he's in that first tier, however many you want to put in the top 10 of all time. Because there's, I mean, like, for instance, oh, he got his second, but like Dean Smith, if, 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 you know, if Michael, if, uh, what's his face, Freddie Brown doesn't throw the ball away, does that mean, you know, Dean Smith only gets one title and he's like not a, I mean, I don't know. Some of, some of that stuff is crazy. I, I, I think he's, I, I'm biased. I love the guy. He is one of the greatest coaches of all time. I love him to death. I am, I'm probably a lot more biased than you are in terms of legacy and perspective. Look, you're not going to be coach K. He's not winning eight titles. No. He's not, you know, for all, but he's not going to get there. But so it's not about being equal to them. It's like being in the same room. I like envision it like a nightclub. Like you're at the rocks. He's in the same. See, he is in the same. You know why he's in the same room? Here's how he's in the same room because and now you can sit there and say, well, it's a contract. The fourth, that, that tournament, they, that, play every year Kansas Kentucky Champions Classic Duke yeah. and Michigan State that's Tom Izzo that's true that's true I think you need the second title to be in the room he's in the club I know he is in the elite coach club but he's like he can't in, get he can't get into the uh, roped off area. he's not he's <laughs> not in the well there is a roped off area but then there's a roped off area within the roped off area okay. So the Roxbury, you know, uh, I think that was based on a true story, right? With Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. They got, the, the, you know, you, the people on the sidewalk. And then there's people that are in the in the coat room. Then there's the, the club. And then there's like the VIP lounge with Mr. Zadir grabbing everyone's ass, right? So he's in the club. He's in the Roxbury. His name's on the list. But he's not in the the, the rope behind the rope. That's no. that's Coach K. I that's mean, Coach, you know. And I, and I Wooden. Th- Wooden and Roy. Roy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now there are others who have t- like Calhoun has two. Do you consider Calhoun to be better than him? I don't know. Well, the knock on Calhoun, I, his non-title years are not as impressive to me. Izzo's got True. such a good body work beyond that. Where the other ones, Coach K, has lost in several Final Fours. Roy Williams has lost in the title game out of buzzer beater. Like the sort of non-title years for Calhoun are a lot more. Well, he lost to Michigan State in the Final Four. Yeah, no, that's one of them. Right. But but he doesn't have like five losses in the Final Four like Izzo does. Right. You know, so, so it's like, it's more than that. I mean, so it's just, it's a little different. But I think they're equal. I don't know if I'd put Calhoun above, you know, because it does go beyond the national titles. But you do have to get, to me, that second one. I can't put you in the rope behind the rope. And I love him more than all those guys, but I just think you need it. Whether you and I think he, he right. needs it, I think the public perception he well, needs I think it. he thinks he needs it. He does. He said it. I know. He wants it bad. And he's had his opportunities, and they just fall in. I think if they have a backup point guard in 2019, they get that one. I mean, I, I had Matt McQuaid on the show, and it was like the second show we did with the cameras and all that pretty stuff. And, and he said, he told me, Winston's knees were shot. His knee, one knee was shot. He had such a, a nagging knee issue. And the guy was playing like 37, 38 minutes a game and ball dominant, just carrying the ball and ball screens, ball screens. The guy was cooked. That Texas Tech game, the guy had nothing left because they didn't, they couldn't spell him because no back, there's no backup on the roster. So I don't know. That was one. Obviously, you could talk about 2014, nine-point lead with eight minutes left against UConn. They lose. There have been some near misses. I want to see him get I mean, it. Don't you think he's bad? I mean, 
Anything's better, better than, than Kevin Ollie. Well, no. Anything's better than self. Yeah. I, see, I'm not a big self Me guy. Me neither I, I, because we hear all this crap. I, I believe that crap. I, I, I don't think it's crap. I, I, I know, I, that. but I didn't mean yeah. it was bullshit. I meant that it was. No, know, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, look, whatever. I mean, it's my perception. I, I don't have any evidence, but. No, I know. There's enough circumstantial stuff where oh, yeah. the guys were, he wasn't even Michigan on, State on the lost list. lost guys to that, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen it a couple of times. Jackson yeah. was one big one where yeah. it's like the guys of Michigan State the whole way and at the last minute, like Kansas wasn't even in the top three. How'd that happen? I know. We've seen it with DePaul, too, a couple of times. Like, you know, Bowen, Louisville. Uh, Louisville was proven what was, they were doing. Wasn't there an Alexander guy, wasn't that, remember him? Yeah, yeah, Alexander. Um, it, it's, I don't know if the Isaiah Stewart thing going to Washington was a little suspicious too. But you're thinking, I think Cliff Alexander. But yeah, yeah. Isaiah Stewart to Washington was bizarre. Everyone I knew thought he was coming to Michigan State, and I was like, go Washington. But I, who knows? But Bill Self. I just, they call him dollar bill for a reason. Like, I don't think that stuff doesn't just fall out of the sky like that. There's a reason that stuff is around him. And even Izzo has said in interviews in a roundabout way, he has said, I've lost guys because I wouldn't play the game. He said it. So the quotes are out there. So even Izzo acknowledges that. So no, I don't. And I I don't put Calipari on that level either, you know, for kind of the same reason. It's like, he's a a great recruiter, but I don't think he's some great tactician out of a timeout. Well, I don't think Izzo is a great tactician either, but. He's he's pretty good. He's good. He's the, famously they, good out of a timeout, drawing up plays. But the, you, you never, I don't know, when you watch them play, they run the same, I guess Duke does too, the same shit every year. You know, there's nothing, I, they I, don't change stuff enough. I guess, but, but I, I mean, look, that's, that's just picking on stuff. I, I love the guy. I think he's a great coach. I, I've seen him lose with a lot less talent. Oh, I know. Like so many he times. Says there are certain times he's better seasons when he has less talent. That's when I know he's a really good coach. Yeah, 2015. That team was basically bad in February. They ended up going to a Final Four. I mean, yeah, it's we've seen it. I, again, preseason unranked with 2012. They won seed, win the Big Look, Ten. I know he might be pissed about not being ranked, but inside he loves that. I don't think it bugs him. Yeah, I'm with no, you. I think yeah. he... I think this team's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it's it's better to be the hunter sometimes. I like the I like this team. The big thing will be the point guard. All this stuff. Uh, AJ Hogard is you know fifty fifty to be the point guard over Tyson Walker. If Tyson Walker is not like the clear cut point guard, I do have questions because Hogard, by all accounts, he's lost weight. He's looking a lot better. I, I thought he was. He showed flashes last year of getting in a hole, and he he couldn't finish really well. Yeah, no, the flashes you saw were the the, the lights in his deer eyes. That's what you saw. Yeah. He was a deer in the headlights. Those are the flashes. But there were saw. times where he took it to the hole, and he showed that he's got stuff. Uh, he was like almost like their version of Killian Hayes last year. Uh, for for every flash, there were ten. I, I'm not saying like, look, we Adrian Payne looked bad for two years. Like I, I I'm not burying AJ Hogard, but. I don't, don't feel comfortable with him running my show. Like point guard is can't hide your point guard. We saw that last year. I mean, they, they didn't have a point guard last year. I don't know. We'll see. Tyson Walker needs to be good. And I think he will be good. Who knows? Maybe Hogard is the biggest freshman and sophomore leave ever. And he is the guy. I don't know. The I, point guard I, I, thing I'm worried about. On the other side, uh, Devontae Jones, the kid Michigan guy from Coastal Carolina to play there. Yeah. Point guard supposedly better than Mike Smith. Yeah. And you saw how important he was. Yeah. Huge for them. Yeah. I, we'll see the transfer. It's all about the transfers now, but I, I, we'll see Michigan. I just, I, I just want to see Max Christie play. I, I love, I love that kid. That that kid speaks like a 78 year old man. Like he, his interviews are hilarious. He's he, talking about an old soul and he's going to be a really good one. Yeah. Michigan. 
I, I have fewer questions about Michigan. I think they're going to be really good this year. I really do. Be. I mean, if they're a freshman, you know, Houston's pretty damn good from what I understand. Juwan Howard, man, I please go to the NBA. You you do great there. That was one I got right. Very few. I I picked that one when I, we were on the air when Beeline quit, and I said two guys I want either Billy Donovan or Juwan Howard, and everybody was like, Juwan Howard. Trust me, forget it. It's not even the Michigan man thing because I don't buy that stuff. It's the fact that he'll be able to recruit and he can relate to the kids and he's under Pat Riley. He's, he learned how to coach. I, my concern was he wasn't even like the assistant coach. He was like fourth chair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, what, you know, I, I mean, my tweet is still out there. I, my response was, I don't know how anyone is strongly for or against it. I think it was worth the risk. I didn't, I, like these people that, oh, it's a brilliant hire. I, we don't know. I mean, the guy hasn't coached yet, but you can't, denigrated either to me it was like oh, i don't know it's worth a shot yep. he is awesome mm-hmm. like he, he he all the same stuff we said about mel tucker you said he's got some of that in him he does he gets it he knows what he's doing the guys made 200 million um, unlike, the, unlike the jh on the football side that's here. a whole other issue yeah, I, I, i'm done the, talking the about michigan it. basketball program and impossible to hate i can't hate him beeline is like i, I want to have I a, lunch with beeline i'm having lunch with wojo but i, I want to have lunch <laughs> with beeline i mean minus his Foibles in Cleveland for four months before it went to complete shit. It's, it seems like a great guy. They're just a good program. They play hard. They don't have any of that kind of arrogance that the football program has. Michigan, I, and by the way, I don't is, think the football program, the current guys have that, though. I don't think that at all. Oh, really? The Michigan's guys? No, I think once they graduate and all that stuff. Okay, well, Chase Winovich well, said okay, it on the but field. I'm talking about, but another another been, Devin Bush tore up the field. He's been, I'm talking about, like, I said now. Right now. Yeah, yeah, this team. We'll see. I mean, if they win on the 30th, uh, (laughs) we might see. But I'm actually okay with that. I mean, Chase Winovich talking shit after a win. Like, I I can actually – that's fine. It's more like the pregame stuff. Again, if I'm the consultant, that doesn't bother me on a moral level. There are Michigan State fans that are, like, offended by that shit. The Devin Bush tearing up the field thing, that was dumb. But I wasn't like, oh. How dare he besmirch the Michigan State logo and he slants it? Like, it, I just thought it was stupid, but it didn't like keep me up at night. Anyway, so we'll finish there. We're going to get to the speed round with you. You can go a little longer, Stoney. You're a legend. As long as you want, you know. Okay. Well, let's get to the speed round. All right. I'm going to put you in a spot to talk about your coworkers right out of the gate, but oh, this is in a good way. Okay. So don't, don't get upset. This is a friend of mine. He's been on the show before. I said the other day that I think he is knocking on the door, being the best Detroit sports uh, personality, the best sports personality, period, in the state of Michigan. I, I still think Valenti's got number one. Jim Costa. I'm, I'm a huge Jim Costa fan. I, the people that are, like don't know Jim Costa yet because they have him – there's no spot for him there. You guys are like the 27 Yankees, and you're in Every Sunday morning during football season, we're live at the Bet MGM, man, Jimmy Costa. He's great. He's, He's good. great He's very in good. every role. I, I, I'll stay up and listen to the guy at 2 a.m. I think Costa is next. You are known as the godfather of Detroit Sports Radio. Because you've done it the longest. You've seen right. guys come and go. Oh, it's part of the longest. He's going to be very good. This I guy's mean, Am I crazy? This guy's really good. He is good. He's very good. This guy is, I think he's way up there. He's, I, he's really smart. He's good with uh, off sports topics as well. He's not afraid to go out there uh, on, on a limb. Uh, yeah. You're, you're buying the Costa stock. I'm I, definitely buying the Costa yeah. stock. I mean, and, and you can argue with him too. 
Like we've had, we've had a few good ones on the air on Sundays. He's great. I, I think his, when he fills in, uh, you know, for Rico and it's Valenti and Costa, that's to me the best radio since peaked Valenti and Foster when Foster was really engaged. Valenti was young and fiery. I just, I'm a huge Costa fan. So I was curious for your thoughts. Well, on I like, I liked him a lot. You're a Costa guy. I think he's next. One of you guys is going to like, you know, retire or leave or get an offer in New York like Valenti. Like <laughs> something is going to happen and that guy's going to shoot to the moon. You watch. All right, so I want to move to DFN a little bit, your DFN days. Oh. We talked last time. We we had, you know, Valenti and Foster versus Stoney and Wojo. DFN was king for a long time, and you were the king at the King Station. What's your sort of take on what went wrong there? Not three-hour explanation. Like three sentences, you had to put it on in one paragraph. You guys were so dominant. What happened there that you think it, it, it got away from you? Uh, the show or the station? The station, yeah. Um. I think it got a little stale. I think uh, the signal, well, when it really started, when it all of a sudden it went downhill, the signal, which was bad to begin with, went through like a five or six month period where it was almost unlistenable most of the day. Um, the Tigers on XYT AM got good in 2006 because the rumor, like I said, rumor, uh, was that they were just going to fold the pro, fold the format. And all of a sudden, then the Tigers got good and people started listening to the station. And then they listened and heard the good programming from, you know, Mike and Terry and that, and, and Doug and I think it was Doug and Art at that time, actually. People started listen, listening a lot. And the fact that selfishly, the higher ups at the Cheap Channel um, never listened to our pleas of going to FM way before 97.1 did. We want to go on 106.7. It just made so much sense. Was that out there? Was that an option to, I don't know how the mechanics work. Was there 1067 available for a sports format? Well, they could have gotten rid of one of their f- stupid, f- I mean, they went from what, Alice to, oh, they had so yeah, many Yeah, it was different- spinning. I remember yeah, Alice. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous how many formats they had. Then they went to the, the last format they had was the Fox, which was another country format. And I'll never forget the day when we got axed. I said to the uh, the market manager, I said, you know, why didn't you put us on 1067? We're committed to country. Right. And they already had YACD with it, you know, on a different, yeah. you know. They already have the hoedown on the other station. Yeah. I mean, like the hoedown sponsored by the other station. You already lost. That, 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 I think that's the main reason. And he, I, I still, my friends, you know, give me crap that I'm still bitter, like Bain Capital and all that. Yeah, I, I am bitter because the, the DFN was a, College slash like a podcast station before that became, you know, visionary. It was, we could do whatever the hell we wanted. It was before Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. So we could say what we wanted. Nobody cared. The teams would complain and we wouldn't care. We didn't have rights to any of the teams. Finally, we had the Pistons, you know, the first year of Carlisle was the first year we had, you know, a team. But it was, it was just so much fun. And it was not, it, it, it was less corporate. And today you're corporate. You have, especially if you have teams, you you can be really critical, which we are, but we can't be as personal towards certain people like we'd like to be. Yeah, you guys had an edge for sure. I remember when Mike Valenti first started, it was the Sports Inferno with Terry Foster. He was like right out of college, 23, 24 at the oldest. 
I was, as you know, a member of a website and it was a media website and that. And I was the outlier. Everyone in that group was DFN. I was like the one guy. Now it wasn't about the station. I wasn't a Mark Spindler guy. I I was about this new guy, Mike Vlani. And I always liked Terry too, but I loved this new guy, Vlani, partly because I was the state fan. State fan. I was still in high school. Ended up job shadowing with Valenti. This is before Mike Valenti like hated everybody. And he would like talk to people that he weren't in his immediate family or his coworkers. He, he hates everybody. And he admits that. It's not, yeah. uh, but anyway, but yeah, it was I love high- having him on on Fridays though. Well, he's, he's the most talented guy. Uh, he is. He's, he's number one. He's the best. He hey, is. Hey, these people that don't like him, it's like, you cannot like him. He's right, the best. Right. Hey, and then don't listen to him. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's awesome. But yeah, so I, I mean, I did the job shadow with them. I, yeah, he let me sit there and watch him do the show. And I was a huge fan of his, but I got so much shit for saying that this Lenny guy is going to make it. I, it was like 35 against one. But the idea that DFN would lose that battle was insane in what oh four i mean that would have been oh yeah i, I it just it, it's like there's, there's just no way they i mean gave, you know, they, canada beating the u.s in a dfn gave up basically is what happened it's bizarre but you guys were the, the roman empire corp, corp, the corporate the corporate didn't care they just wanted less people i mean they fired two thousand people nationwide on that one day old dfn was awesome yeah it was awesome. And you look at some of the people who had spawned. Dave Pash. Yeah. Brandon Tierney's doing pretty damn good for himself. Yeah. BT's doing great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you John, know, I, John Bloom's doing Phoenix Suns games now. It's but you guys just had a lot of fun. It, it right. Just, yeah. It was just like a fun. I still, I still have fun the environment because we're not working in a, a garage or even when we moved to farming at Southfield and the Farmington Hills. It's there's well, at least for me. Because there's not, there's, and then COVID actually hurt that too. There's not as many people there. Obviously, there's, you know, it's not that frat. We, we were like a fraternity. Yeah. We would go when we worked downtown and the Red Wings were the thing. We'd go to the Red Wings games at night. And I didn't, you know, I worked afternoon, so I didn't, I could go to sleep. It didn't make a difference. If I could get up at noon or whatever, who cared? We'd go to Red Wings games. Then we go to the bar right across the street at Dunleavy's or Andrews. We'd come back to the station and we had this, it was called the Scott system. It was this computer system that would, you know, play the commercials overnight and things, you know, manually or automatically. And we'd put drops in <laughs> on our own. Like, so we'd be driving home in the lodge and there'd be a commercial during Ron Barr, whatever the overnight show was and sports fan radio network or any of that. They'd have a commercial and then all of a sudden you'd hear, Snagglepuss. So we would play. We play <laughs> yeah. drops of, and we we would do we would do whatever the hell we wanted. It was so much fun. They were they were tied up with Howard Stern back then. He went to Sirius, and the FCC had uh, some more time on their hands when he, when he made the jump. I don't know. Oh yeah. But I it's DFN. I I was like almost too young to even listen to some of the stuff you guys were talking about. I mean, maybe it's some of you, but other guys on that station. It were you was, still listening when we were you listening when we started with me and Parker? Uh I. <sighs> I remember. Let's see. I'll the original it, Odd Couple. Now he stole. No, no. I remember. The, I remember the show, but like religiously, that was more. You know, five minute spurt. Uh, I would 94. say. I would say because my dad always had it on. You know, so I was driving around when I was seven years old. So yeah, I, I like vaguely remember it. You and Wojo are the one that I like 
and Bolegian when he was there. Uh-huh. But those were the ones I really remember. But you and Wojo are the ones I really remember. And I, I say the same thing or said the same thing about you then that I say about Valenti now. When you guys were engaged, something big happened. Uh, and f- first of all, five years before you guys, 1130 fell apart, it was almost all the time. At the end, it became fewer and far between. I think it did get stale. But when you guys were engaged, best radio in town by far. You, you. Uh, yeah, you, it was fun. You had the first or second best Detroit sports radio show in my lifetime. It's, you know, it's, I think, almost objectively true. The, the ratings bore that out. I just think the- You know how good the ratings would have been if we were in a real station? What the FM thing killed you. And I've heard the Tigers, I wouldn't even call it a conspiracy. I think we know what happened. Yeah. We saw the jump coincide. Yeah. I, it's a reasonable, rational, you know, evidence-based explanation. Mm-hmm. But I know there's a, there's a lot of factors at play. But just for those that don't know or if you're too young, in 04, the idea of DFN like going away and losing the 1270, which now 97-1, it's unthinkable. But I mean, when the wings, like when they, 97, when they won and, you know, the players would listen and call in on the way home from yeah. the game. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was, it was a great time. Great time to be a kid to those wings teams listening to oh. you guys. So we'll move on. The, the long speed round, but we're, we're going to extend it. Last time you were here, I asked you for the most underrated Bruce Springsteen song. I want to know the most overrated Bruce Springsteen song today. Overrated? Um, God. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's no, just, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, overrated, even though I probably still like it, especially in concert. Mm, off the top of my head, maybe Dancing in the Dark. See, I was going to say Glory Days is mine. Well, that's same same yeah. album. Yeah, no, it is. Dancing in the Dark is overrated because it became a phenomenon because of the Courtney Cox video. Right. And, and it just became kind of poppy. But you're a bigger fan than I am. You know the origin of that song, right? That the studio was pressuring him to write a, a song. Single. It's literally a song about I have writer's block and I can't think of writing a song. Right. Dancing in the Dark is him walking around his house or apartment. He can't think of what to write. So it's a song about I don't know what song to write. I just that the, the story behind it I've always kind of appealed to, but the pop nature of it. But right. Corey Day's a little overrated though, right? I mean, well, it's fun in concert, but yeah, uh, I mean, not a fan. That, that whole album's a little poppy. Yeah. But it was that's the one that made him national, really explode internationally. Yeah. I mean, Born to Run put him on the, the real map. But yeah. well, and hopefully away. 2022 will be, uh, it looks like he's going to be touring again. Yeah, I'll be there with you. Uh, I won't have as good a seats as you, though. I'm always looking at the back of your head. I think I have pull in this town. I, I, I'm always, well, that's the one thing I try to use pull for. It's like for like Rolling Stones at Ford Field, I'm sitting upper deck. I don't care. I'm going to watch it on the screen anyway. I just assumed you were front row for everything. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're ever at a Springsteen concert, if you want to meet Stoney, he'll be there. He'll be he'll, he'll be the the guy standing in the first or second row. Second as, row. As, as, as I get older, to stand in the, in the pit is not as much because you just to be there for hours and you like hope they pick your number right. So I'd rather be you know on the side. I think these days I stared at the back of your head for three hours at the Fox in 2005 for the Devils and Dust tour, even though you criminally underrate that album. So that's okay. It was all right. It was okay. It was good. It's good. Oh my God. Right. Bad. There's some good songs yeah, in there. A long time coming, which is, yeah, that's a really that good was kind of out there. It was Ghost of Tom Joe that was even around. Okay, so we'll move on. Detroit. I think Devils and Dust is better than Ghost of Tom Joe, by the way. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm with you. So I want to hit this Detroit Sports Media Road Trip Crew. The parameters are you have to travel cross country in a car with three members of Detroit media. It can be 
broadcasters, some guy that writes for the free press. I don't care. Any member. Hey, give me retired. It could be deceased, whatever. No, no rules beyond that. Three, Detroit sports media crew members for your road trip. Yeah, you're in the car with them all the way across the country. Who are you taking? <clears throat> I'm taking Wojo first. It's um, already a good car. I like the, yeah. the Stonian Wojo car. Um, I'm taking Jennifer because she's a lot of fun. Okay, that works. And the past or present. Yeah, I mean, like Jamie Samuelson could be in the car. I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Tom Kowalski could be in the car. I don't know if you were friends with Killer. Everybody, no, I was friends yeah. with Killer. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, the, the whole room's eligible here. I'll take Jamie because I know Jamie would make sure we got there. And he'd be the steady hand. He'd be the steady hand. What's Wojo bringing? It's just kind of. Uh, it's just Wojo. Yeah. That's it's enough. just he's just Wojo. That's enough. Yeah. 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 Uh, excited. We're gonna have a great lunch tomorrow, Wojo. And I'm gonna tell you all about it, Tony. It'll be great. But yeah. He's he's a great he's a great guy. He really is. He's he's gonna have to say no and, to my and, face. And you know what? You know what? The, you know what the thing about Wojo is that I love so much. Everybody loves him. Number one. Number two. He outwardly is egoless to a certain extent because I've always pushed him, even years ago when his buddy Whitlock was like on around, you know, around the horn or sports reporters. Walter, well, you should be doing, you know, you're as good as these guys, you know, and he just never really wanted to do that stuff. Now he does, you know, locally, but he's, he's he, I don't know if it was in, being insecure or whatever. I just think. He's so smart and funny at the same time. You know, I let people, people cook because he doesn't usually write the, uh, you know, when Mike White fire this guy and all that stuff. That's just not him. But, you know, the picks columns and he's, he's so clever and he's really good on the radio. Too. What I don't get with him, and it's not even, I'm not even saying it to rip the guy. I honestly don't understand it. The way he writes is so different from the way he speaks and acts on a broadcast. Like Tony Paul done my show five times. He writes a lot like he talks. Uh, the Lions writers, Justin Rogers, writes a lot like he talks. Uh, almost everybody I've had on kind of writes like they talk, they talk like they write. Wojo, I, I think he's been passed by Colton Pouncey and Brendan Quinn as the best columnist uh, when Colton does the column angle, is the best columnist in town. But I think for 15 years, Wojo was the best columnist in town. And if you're taking the athletic out of the equation and going with traditional print media, still the best columnist in town. One of the best I've ever seen. An objectively skilled writer technically. He's a strong technical writer. Engaging. Makes good arguments. He's so smart and, yeah. and, 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 and wields that sword so effectively. And, his, and it kind of bothers me that he doesn't get the national credit like some of these other guys. But I'm there. wondering, who's the guy? Is he, is he this serious uh, well you know, measured guy in the column or is he kind of like the silly goofball on the air? I, cause they're so incompatible, but, it, but it's a mix because a lot of times he'll write, you know, the, especially the Friday picks column is all goofy, I guess. But I mean, his traditional column is as good as anybody in the country. I mean, it, it just in the traditional media, in my opinion, I, I just, you know, I'm a journalism honk. The way some people collect shoes, you know, and have favorite rappers. Like I have favorite writers sports writers. 
he's like in my top five, top five to seven, like ever. And, but then you see him on the air, and it's, it's I'm not ripping him. I'm not calling him stupid on the air, but it, it's it's just two different guys. Right. It's, a, he, it's it's true. He's sometimes a caricature on the air. I've never understood it. I don't get which one is the real. Because the real Who's is the guy. It's a combination of the two. Because in, he's funny as hell off the air, and he's he can be serious. I think he's more like the guy on the air as opposed to the print guy in real life. Great columnist, underrated, uh, in my opinion, yeah. on a national scale. I so agree who else do you like nationally? Well, I, I, I we're so inundated right now. It's so hard for me to like even read everybody now. It's like oh, God. it kind of it kind of depends. Like, right, what's your favorite? How do you define national? Because Brendan Quinn, some people consider him a national writer because he does write on some national topics. Just the golf, but he, I mean, his college basketball stuff. Is He's well, I think so. He, fucking he is good. the best sports writer in the country right now. He's a guy that um, yeah, I've tried to get on a hundred times. He's he's been tough to say the least, but I think he's That's the best. He's, he's way up there, one of the best columnists of all time. And you can roll your eyes. That's fine, but and, and even you, I mean, the audience. Bill Bill Simmons to me is is. Bill Simmons went through a period where he was absolutely just great. columnist. Page right? two, he was never a reporter. I'm talking columnist, right. engaging. Page two was great. Yeah, and and I'm not talking about the fun mailbag pick swingers reset stuff. That was all great too. But when he actually like was here's me as a tortured Boston fan and I'm I'm conveying uh, the emotional trauma that we face and the way he would paint it he was so good I mean one of the best I've ever I've ever seen so he's way up there uh, I don't know I mean Wojo's pretty high up there I like I, I don't read them every single day so you never got to read Kornheiser when he was really good I was too. just gonna say Kornheiser's old stuff you can actually still pull up his mm -hmm. old columns Kornheiser's way up there um you know See, we don't have sports sections. I don't know if you're a Woody Page guy. Woody Page is interesting. Yeah. We don't have, I don't think, sports sections like we used to. I'm not even talking about here locally. Like, the New York Post is still good, but it's not what it once was. The Boston Globe, still really good. Shaughnessy's got some Shaughnessy, smoke yeah. in, in, in the arm still. I like some yeah, of Shaughnessy But stuff. it used to be with Shaughnessy and Bob Ryan and Peter Gammons and Lee Montville and Will, Mc, Will McDonough and it was really good. Um, the Washington Post, when I was lived in Washington, or actually afterward, but you know, Kornheiser, Wilbon, Sally Jenkins, who some people think is the best sports columnist in the country. Um, I don't, I think she's really good, but Ken Denlinger and Dave Kindred. I mean, there's a, um, Jeff Perlman just did a list on Twitter of he, who he thinks is the top 75, I think, sports writers in the country. Oh, I want to look that one up. I'd well, love the to only see that locally, list. the only local one I think was James Edwards. He had in there. Edwards is great, but I, I mean, look, it's not to put them against each other. I love both guys, both been on the show. Colton Pouncey is top five in the country to me, and I read a lot. Like that guy is really, really good. Um, I love Colton Pouncey. James Edwards is awesome too. The Athletic for, for B, I love the Athletic. I yeah, just don't, oh, I don't read fan. it enough because it's still, even though I pay for it, it's just like. I'll read it when there's links on Twitter. I just don't go. It's to not it. on your bookmark. I don't, I don't have bookmarks. That's my problem. I have my I have my show prep. Yeah. Stuff they don't even bookmark every five o'clock. ESPN, CBS Sports, Free Press, News, Barstool, Bro Bible, The Big Lead, and then if USA Today, and if I have time, the Athletic. So it's yeah, it's not in your rounds. No, but I read it. Yeah. A lot. I I mean, I read it on my phone a lot. It's especially, phenomenal, you know, especially the especially the local stuff. 
We're so lucky that they're here. I mean, you look at the writers, the Pouncey, Edwards, Quinn. I don't know how they're going to survive. They lose money every year. I I mean, it's it's, 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 it's really bad. Their financials make absolutely no sense. I don't don't, don't understand it. No. I I don't know how much VC money is flowing into this thing, but I hope they stick around because, I I mean. I yawned on TV. I shouldn't do that. uh, Detroit's loaded. Yeah, you you can yawn all you want. I mean, you know, this is what an hour and a half. By the way, I should mention, I purposely didn't wear any Michigan or Michigan State garb. My daughter went to Georgia for a, a semester. She, you know, was on the equestrian team, and her she might be watching because she sent a she texted me a picture of her watching this on the computer right oh, now. Oh, nice! But her transfer almost as important was when Justin Fields transferred because they transferred at the same time. Didn't is she go to Michigan now? I, she goes to Michigan State. Oh, Michigan! Oh, see, I love her. She's and the wonderful. other one goes to Michigan. She bring her next time. She can check out the museum. She's not that much. I mean. Oh, she's she's not into that kind of. She's like she's a rational human being that doesn't well, obsess no, over no. this stuff. It's like I, I think football wise, she still pulls for Georgia a little bit if like they played each other, even though she was only there for like because the scene there for football is like I don't blame her. It's unbelievable. Wish she went there. Yes. I mean, you know, right? Um, and then um, she. She's great, and you know I'm 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 proud of both of my kids. I really, they they really their grades are great, and hopefully I mean they, they the one who goes to Michigan, she works she volunteers in the uh, in the football media stuff. So she press box on game day. Now she does Lions too, so that's a trip. She transcribes the visiting locker room. So is she is she part of the blue wall then that we talked about? Should, oh, no. should we blame your daughter? No, she's, she goes, she sits there at the. Um, at the games and like she keeps track of uh, participation. Yeah. And then during the week, she does the thing for their, what the Wolverines in the NFL did that week or whatever like that. So she, she's into it. Then uh, Jesse at Michigan State, she's a uh, 4.0 in, in Broad in the business school. So hopefully she'll be getting a job and uh, she's. He's got some stuff. They're they're good kids. They're I slightly right. prefer the Michigan State daughter. That's okay. I, yeah, yeah. So I'm I, I like her a little more. I, don't really, I, I, don't, I understand. Yeah, I don't know anything else. But honestly, like you know, Michigan. If for any animosity cast aside, like my best man at my wedding went to Michigan. Some yeah. of my best friends went to right. Michigan. I mean, I don't really. They're both, they're hate both great them. schools. Oh, it's incredible. Like you know, my uh, my wife came up to me. Uh, a, you know, six seven months ago, it was like, "You really think you'd embrace one of our kids going to U of M?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, state would be more fun for me. But if our kids are any, you know, we have three. If any of the three get into Michigan and want to go, like, I'll write the check. Like, it's inc- incredible. Plus, school. It, it's different schools. For instance, if I have a kid who wants to get into communications, Michigan State is better for that than Michigan. Yep. yep. Conversely, Michigan has departments that are you know better than Michigan. State. Yeah. If you want to be a veterinarian, better at Michigan State. Yes. If you want to do anything agricultural, packaging, Michigan State. Hotel management. All yeah. That yeah. Stuff. Ho- all the hospitality stuff. Michigan State kicks Michigan's ass. If you're going more kind of business, accounting, right. type, you know. So, yeah, there's there's pros and cons. Well, yeah, he said communications. Oh, yeah. Oh, CMU. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. CMU. Home of Dick Enberg and Dave Llewellyn. You're probably, don't forget Terry Foss. I know. Yeah. You're probably better off going to Central than U of M for communications. I mean, just in terms of getting reps. Although, you know, you know what's great about Michigan and what's weird is is how many people wrote for the Michigan Daily? I mean, Schefter and and Rich Eisen and um, Rosenberg, Wojo, Neo. I mean, all those guys, they all wrote for the Michigan Daily. And they weren't all like journalism majors either. Yeah. Just, well, I, you know. Rich Eisen tells a great story 
that uh, when they won the national championship in 89, he couldn't celebrate because he had to put the paper to bed. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. I, I Well, yeah, I don't know. It's good to, it's good to know Schefter at some point was a journalist. Mm-hmm. That, that He was in that big hubble. Uh, yeah, but he, uh, he worked his, I mean, he, actually, he when I met him, he helped Mitch Album do some stuff for, I think, the Bow Book. You know, the Bow Book or the Fab Five. I think it was, no, it was the, yeah, it was the Bow Book. Um, so the one summer where Mitch was basically isolated in Ann Arbor, Schefter was like his paid intern and, you know, transcribed, did all this stuff for him. So that's where I knew Schefter. I never knew that. That's yeah. interesting. And Schefter, you know, went to the Rocky Mountain News or Denver Post, I forget which one. And he was a Broncos beat writer. I mean, he worked his ass off. Oh, I, look, if, for the record, and, and I'm on record, this criticism of Schefter to me is insane. The guy... How did you think that he was breaking all these stories? Did you think Adam Schefter was simultaneously in 32 different garbage cans no. at 32 different all practices? These, all these, I mean, it, it, is, it is frustrating. You might have even addressed it when you had the beat writers, when you had Justin on or, or Kyle or any of those guys. Or Burke, you had Burkett on too, right, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure it's frustrating when they can't get scoops of their own the team that they're covering a lot, but Schefter and Rappaport and those guys get it. Because they're either leaked by the team or leaked by agents, and these and I feel bad for these guys. It's like some people even give us how come you guys never break stories? We're not journalists. Must you know? Once in a while, you'll get lucky, get a tip or something, you know. But yeah, well, you guys especially, I understand the frustration that you know those guys ride right. with. But welcome to the party. Yeah. You could say that about any town, you know, local rag in the country. Right. They're getting clowned by Schefter. And it's like, you know, for the three people that don't know, Schefter got in, I guess, trouble. I, I guess. I mean, no one at his employer gave a shit. Like, got in social media, got in Twitter trouble for, you know, the leaked email where he was you know, coordinating with Washington on an article. It's like, Schefter's not rummaging through the mail of these organizations. It, of course, it's relationship building. I don't know anyone that ever thought that Adam Schefter was, you know, meeting Deep Throat in some parking lot somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was a straw man thing to even go yeah, after. We're going to go back to Atlanta. It looks like as the Dodgers lead the Braves six two, Browns lead the Broncos seventeen to seven in the fourth quarter. Wow, who needs Baker Mayfield? You know, some interesting data: about ninety seven percent of this audience listens after the fact. So that. <laughs> And the wings get shut out at home, three nothing. We have a three percent live audience, so yeah, that's that's right for the for the three people, uh, three percent of people watching live. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, moving on in the longest speed on since the Justin Rogers one that lasted an hour and a half. The worst part of your job, just uh, generally, you know, dealing with callers, whatever, maybe. What's the worst part of your job? Getting up in the morning. It's simple. Yeah. What time do you get up? Four forty-five. I used to get up earlier, and then I realized I don't need to do that anymore. You a coffee guy? You like pounding caffeine? I have two two during the show. Okay. One first break at like six twenty, and then another one sometime in the eight o'clock hour. Yeah. No wonder why you're yawning. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's that's, tough. that's and and no matter how how long you do it, you never get used to it. I've talked to you know people like JJ who've been doing morning radio for decades, and it's just you're. I go home. Sometimes I'll play, I'll, whatever, I'll do something, and, but I have to get like, a, I'm just tired. I have to, especially as you get older, a two or three hour nap during the day. And when it's nice outside, it's tough to do. But you I don't know how it. you do it when like there's a big game at nine o'clock Eastern time at night. And, like, I watch. Right, I'm, no, I know you do, yeah. but it's like. I, I, Most people don't. 
I mean, if you're 26, fine. Like Jim Costick, I mean, I remember being in my mid 20s and sleep two hours a night. But right, I can't even do that now. And you're older than I am. I, I yeah, I don't know. I give you credit. That that'd be tough. The well, two- look, the the one benefit of our teams blowing is you didn't have like late game, like when they played on like when the Tigers played on the West Coast or the Pistons or whoever. Yeah, I don't stay up and watch. Yeah, regular play, season. Yeah. yeah, and the fact they haven't had. But I remember like before the Red Wings went in the tank. The early days when I at ninety seven one, when they're playing like Anaheim or whoever, ten o'clock puck the, drop, like, yeah, yeah, and I'm up till like whatever one o'clock. It's like you got to be somewhat coherent in four hours. Yeah, that's tough. And that's that's tough. that. That's then the Tigers, you know, in the world, you know, World Series and you know playoff runs, the late games, and it's like God. I feel for Monday you night guys. Football is tough sometimes. There's but, the, but I try yeah. to. I usually stay up to about eleven. Okay, so we're not we're we're not like it's five, bedtime right now I for you. Like, yeah, I get like five and a half. Okay, fair enough. That's that's pretty good. Right, that's pretty good. I, I mean, it's anyone not in their twenties still pulling so five tomorrow, and functional. Tomorrow I have a, I'm off, so I'll you know I I'll leave the house at eight o'clock. Let's get to the airport. So. Uh, there's people out there that have said Stony that I've evolved over the years that I'm not quite the the bad guy I used to be. I don't know about all that, but I'll say there's one big thing I've evolved on. I used to destroy you guys it's every sports radio host right. in general for constantly deviating from sports topics which i i stand by in certain moments there have been times where hosts have been talking about something ridiculous when the drafts in three days and you know a big trade just happened with one of the other teams there's no excuse but i can't imagine these past couple of years for you where i'm a diehard detroit sports fan i'm barely watching this shit right because they've been so bad across the board. And you got to get up at 4.40 in the morning, making first track in the snow here in Michigan, and talk about what? Thankfully, it's getting better now. Yeah. But it's so been we, rough for you the last couple the of years. Of tunnel. That's what I thought you were going to go with, was talking about, like, to me, what I do is easy, man. I'm talking a couple hours a week. Right. I don't have to come up with shit every day. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's where. Have, I mean, we have good, uh, good producers, and, you know, so we, we come up with stuff, thankfully, you know. I wouldn't say, you know, the one benefit of having the Lions, we have Campbell on every Tuesday. You know, you know we have to go do either Harbaugh or an assistant coach to run on Tuesdays. Too. We, get, we get A.J. Hinch has been great. So that t- stuff, we don't do, we actually do more sports than I think we actually should sometimes in the morning because the morning is a different animal. The afternoons, you know, a lot of stuff breaks. Uh, and but in the morning people are driving to jobs that a lot of them hate. They don't want to be yelled at and berated, and so I've had to tone myself down, except for Mondays on Lions games. Yeah, well, who can fault you for that? Well, one? We start every Jimmy Spider Man now. Another one bites the dust every Monday at six oh two. To me, to me, the, the past few years, I I I feel for all of you. It's brutal, and it, nobody could do it well. So like you say the you know the non sports stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get, I'll sit there and we'll talk about, I don't know, whether it was, let's, for argument's sake, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green. You get a few calls. We were, Jansen came up with this thing about how the way he cuts his grilled cheese. Like they had, um, he doesn't, he doesn't understand why people cut them diagonally or whatever. The phones go crazy. People like respond to that stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, I guess it's I, more people saw Twilight than saw the conversation with Gene Hackman. I mean, it, yeah, it's people have weird tastes. Yes. To me, I don't care it's how like many. Com- it's like comedy subjective, too. And, but I agree. But well, to me, it is subjective by definition, but I hate that grilled cheese shit. But I, I used to be a little too hard on you guys. The only criticism, generally, again, in the profession, I stand by it when there's 17 things you could be talking about that are topical. But July 3rd, Tigers are in last place. Nothing else is going on. Right. I, talk about your barbecue that you're going to this weekend for the 4th. Like, that, that's like, I, I retract but everything like even, I said. Maybe it's because I've done it for so long. But even like, okay, Lions training camp. What are you going to say? Oh, we hear, you know, that this guy looking good. Tom Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're just making up stuff. How many times can you, like, before he got traded, how many times can you do the Stafford topic? And I know the philosophy out there is play the hits, play the hits, play the hits. And you'll get phone calls, there's no doubt. But, you know, how many times are you going to talk about whether Harbaugh should be fired or not? Oh, my God. Are the Lions, uh, you can only speak for your own show. I don't know, maybe the water cooler, you know other stuff too. But for your show, are the Lions the biggest hit? I would think it's either them or Michigan football. Michigan right? football. Michigan football is ahead of the Lions. I think. So. Okay. Right well, I mean, you it's know. pretty yeah. close. Yeah. As far as calls, yeah, it was lighting it, up the Lions because they're more controversial for the for the most part. Because the Lions, we know, stink. Yeah, the the Wolverines give you enough. Like Harbaugh's won enough that it's not obvious that like the program's a mess. Like, right. You're right. That's a great point. All right. So we'll move on. So we talked about Mike Villani a little bit. You and I are, I think, say, say fans. I mean, admirers, however you yeah. want to call it. We, we respect the talent. We both think he's number one. I get so much shit even now. For I said the other day, he's the best in town. People were just ripping me for saying this. I Who's better? Well, they don't have an answer for right. that. But, I mean, if, I mean, but it's just they, he's an asshole. He's a Spartan homer. The Spartan homer thing, by the way, I don't get. Because that guy has been so negative about Michigan State. I think, if anything, he's kind of a self-hating Spartan. The guy, he was off to Antonio, before, and he was vindicated, by the way. But he was off to Antonio like three years before anybody else. If anything, he's like too hard on Michigan State. I, the only thing I would object is sometimes I think, and a lot of them, I think sometimes they might do it for reaction, but I don't know. It's too anti-Michigan sometimes. I agree. I agree. And, for, and sometimes for no reason. That's the part I agree with. The anti-Michigan jabbing at Michigan criticism, fair. The in the tank for Michigan State, no. they can do no wrong unfair. thing, completely, completely unfair. unfair. It's like the, the opposite right. is true. Right. Uh, you know, and I, 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 I'm not Mike Vellani, but I had my Twitter account, Michigan State fans, blaming me for some kid decommitting because I said I didn't like the fact that the recruiting class was talking shit about Michigan before they even signed their letter of intent, and Michigan just beat us by 40 points. Like, you know, so I've had Spartan fans hate me for objective criticism. Vladi gets it a thousand times worse than I do. It's not a fair criticism, but the question is this. Why does he work? We agree he's number one in town, number one in my lifetime, in my opinion, in this market. Why is he so good? What, what is it about it's him? Because he, his, his, his energy and his analogies, I think, are really, really good. I mean, he's so quick with... Um, I can't even give you examples, but no, he's great. I know you're right. And he's, he's fast. He thinks, and he's well-prepared. Even if you disagree with his argument, he can back up his argument. Yeah, that's well said. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with all of it. I, I think he's the best. He's the best we have. Now, I, I think they got a little overboard a little bit with all the vaccination crap, but I don't know. If, I mean, the ratings showed it didn't affect it, but. I didn't like it. I think they, you know, you did your, your vaccine show. You did it a second time. You did it a third time. Like, we get it. I, I get it. You think everyone's an idiot and like, that's fine. Look, even when we talk about it occasionally, when it becomes a sports issue, I mean, John and I, and John got it, that got the vaccine because he had to do the work basically. But we you know we differ on, you know, whether it's, you should do it because you should do it or do it because of personal choice, whatever. And even that it's, you know, the, the texters and, you know, get called a libtard and all that. That's, I mean, God, it's, it's unbelievable to me that if you don't like Donald Trump, you are a liberal asshole. No, give me a Republican. I'd be happy to vote. I would have voted for John Kasich in a second over Joe Biden, but he didn't run. Or I mean, over Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I would have. Oh, well, I mean, I famously wrote in Jesse Ventura in 2016. And I, I, you know, I didn't vote for Trump either time. And I was very public about both of my votes and, you know, both cycles. And I, I've been called a MAGA hat wearing clown on Twitter multiple times. It's like, I don't like the guy. I've criticized this guy publicly. I didn't vote for him either time. I didn't even like begrudgingly vote for him. Right. Uh, you know, but people are insane. Talk to people who grew up on the East Coast and have known about this guy for decades and just, he's just. Yeah, that's his reputation. Bad with the, guy. It's not more. It's fact. Stiffing the bad. contractors at the oh, casino and like, sue me and ton. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah, it's smart business. Why should I pay what uh, I say I'm going to pay you when I can only pay? I'll pay you half or a quarter. Yeah, yeah. If he's when you sue me. Yep. I you know I, I guess it's smart. <laughs> that, I mean, he was no. a glorified reality star became the president of the United States, and he'll run again, and he'll probably win. Here's what I'll say Unless about Unless we can have the rock run against him. You could do a, a ten. Nobody, everybody loves the rock. <laughs> yeah. He would be a Democrat, but it's like, even the Republicans, like they all like wrestling and shit. Like yeah. they like the right. stuff blowing up in his movies and stuff. Give me the rock. Like, yeah. I mean, believe me, there'd be some super PAC finding something, of but, course. but like he would be more likable than the average politician. The thing that I'll say about politics and we could go all night on this really quickly. And I'm curious if you agree. I automatically tune out honks for either side. I, you know, Jordan Acker's University of Michigan Regent. Yes. Um, you know, is a friend of mine. I, you know, I like Jordan. So do I. I've known Jordan a long time, but I've teased him to his face. Like, Jordan, I don't need your opinion on this. Like, the Democrat, what they did was great. Whatever the Republican did was bad. Like, we get it. And, but both sides do it. It's not one right. more than the I other. It, it, I tune out Here, people like the, that. Here's where I think the difference is, at least based on ticket text, not everybody. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't believe you should ever base an opinion or, or that something is fact based on Twitter or ticket text. The, the left, when they criticize you, you get called things like a Rush Limbaugh wannabe or this or that, the right, your uh, asshole, liberal dick sucker and all. I mean, it's- You think they go a little meaner. Yeah, they're, the right is much more vitriolic. The hardcore right, to me, at least in, in my experience, is more vitriolic in their- Yeah, in I even- their, had, their I mean, anger. 
And I'm sure the other people uh, get it the other way too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying based upon. I, I've been treated worse by the left, even though I consider myself a moderate. I mean, I. When, I'm, a, I'm a left-leaning moderate is what I am. I voted Republican many times. Yeah, I'm a right-leaning Including moderate, for the governor so. of this state. Uh, I voted for her, but I go, voted for Rick Snyder too. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We're, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm sitting right next to you, basically. Right. You're a little I mean, bit to the left, a little to the right, but I voted for Biden in 2020. I didn't feel good about it. I, I just can't stand people who are just lockstep. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, use your mind, but don't, but don't you just tune those people out? I have no time for yeah. you. Like Jordan Ecker, he's a really smart guy. He's an attorney. Yeah, he's going to be he's running a agent. He's going to run the University of Michigan. Yeah, he's get a, the transfer portal fixed. He's but. an intelligent guy, but it's like. Jordan, I know, like we we get it. I know where you stand. I don't need you to tweet or or, or share your opinion over dinner over the border crisis. When, when Trump was in, everything was bad. When Biden's in, it's either we're not going to talk about it or it's all great. And the right equivalent of that too. I I just you know the Greg Henson is the first thing off the top of my head. Everything the Democrats do is terrible. Greg Henson hates everything they do. There's not a bad thing. The only thing you'll ever hear bad about a Republican is if they step out of line, quote unquote, and they get called rhinos. Trump was playing into this too. It's like, oh, God forbid you disagree and you deviate from the party line. The only bad Republican Greg Greg feels is a Spartan. Yeah, Republican. that's fair. He does. That's true. He'll throw the Spartans under the bus. I to me. Right or left, those people go in a basket, and I don't listen to them. About that, we can talk Be- about the because lions. They're or lockstep. Yeah, they don't think. I don't need your opinion. Right. You're, I I can just go to the Democratic Party website or converse with the Republican. Right. I, I, I'll read what the RNC is saying. Okay, that's that's you. You know, whatever. That's where I stand on that. So we'll finish here. Little light. We've talked a lot about Wojo. You not ten years ago tomorrow. Let's assume you're both well rested. And Wojo's not coming right from the lunch with me, where he's going to eat a lot. Stoney and Wojo in the ring in a fight. You're not playing around. You're pissed. Who's who's winning that fight? Like a physical fight. You you guys are you're trying to kill each other. No no messing around. Fight to the death. Who's winning that fight? I can't imagine either of us ever getting into a fight. It's, with anybody, not even with, I never give them enough. I'm making you fight. I'm the Joker. I'm breaking, breaking the pool sticks and saying we're having tryouts. There's only room for one on the team. You guys got to fight. Who are you taking? Um, I'm going with you. I'll I think you got some reach. I'm probably a little quicker. You got the and reach. Not, not by much. He'd have to take you out in the early rounds, I feel like. Yeah, he's a lefty, and it might surprise me because he's a lefty. There you go. Fight you soft, southpaw. I could trip you up. South Pole, South Jersey. Uh, Vegas, I, I heard, has got you a minus two twenty favorite. So not prohibitive, nice. but uh, yeah, they got you going off at two twenty. Well, this is fun, man. I mean, shit. I hope I didn't keep By you the way, too I'm, long. I'm, I'm very surprised you didn't uh, congratulate me on my big winnings. I don't know anything about it. You don't know anything about that? No. Oh, okay. Go to um, Circus Sports or Stony and. Circus Sports, which uh, the Circus You're friends with the Stevens. I know oh, that, Derek Stevens. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they run this contest every year that, because I do a lot of things for the D, and there are sales reps said, you know, you should enter this contest, even though it's $1,000 to join. $1,000 is a little steep. So I got my college roommate to go halves with me. And uh, last year we entered, you had, there's two, there's, there's a survivor, which we didn't do, and there's this other pool where you have to pick five games each week against the spread. Super contest, basically. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Super yep. contest. Uh, NFL. And the winner at the end of the year wins like a million dollars. And it's divided into four quarters, too, so there's quarterly prizes. If you've listened to me over the years, I'm not very good at picking games. 
And I did the picking for my friend because he wasn't interested. He just was backing me. He doesn't care. First week, four and one. Next two weeks, five and oh, four and one. Last week, five and oh. 18 and two. I was in a four way or fifth way tie for first place, split $50,000. Oh my God. That's just the quarterly payout. 50 so you, grand. Can, you can go back to the well. 50 grand, yeah. So you got, what is that? So well, I got 50 grand. 25, so I 25. Split it with my friend. So 24, five. Yeah, before taxes, yeah. Yeah. And we were in Vegas last week doing the show. So we went to the circle. I, I got the big check. How did I, I follow you on Twitter? Yeah. So I don't know how I missed that. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I've seen you back and forth with Stevens before, and mm-hmm. I've tried to get Derek on too. The, the list of people that have turned me down, Stoney. I got, I got forty five that said yes on the wall mm-hmm. over your shoulder. There's a, I need a much bigger wall for the rejections. The rejection pile is big, but um, yeah, I didn't know that, man. So are you gonna go buy some like comic books, or what are you doing? No, I, we had a, we had a roof put on our house this summer, so that basically is gonna help pay for that. That's awesome, man. Another semester of college to go through with the girls. So. so is your standing record right now 18 and 2 or was there actually No, it's actually five, so, so 18 two three, and 2 the first 4 weeks. Okay. The, the week 5 3 1 and 1. Okay. And then last week I had my first losing week 2 and 3. And I had a rule. Yeah. No Thursday night games cuz I was hot and I'm not betting on the Lions or against the, no Lions games cuz they'll fuck you anyway. This, I'm with you. I I hate betting. Okay. This, I just I just lost. I had this week I put in my I just put in my before I left I put in my picks. I couldn't take, I, could, I had to take the Rams, minus 15. Oh, They're going to kill them. Here's what I'll say. If the, if the Lions cover that spread, I will just, that's it. I will n- never, ever, ever bet a Lions game again. There is a respect for Jared Goff in that town and on that sideline. Stafford left with no animosity. This isn't Aaron Rodgers trying to stick it to the 49ers for passing on him in the draft. If they're, up 21, 17 points, whatever it is, 17, 21 points, that back door is going to be wide open. That Rams team is not going to run up the score. They, the Lions are so bad that the Rams might beat them by 40. Right. By, uh, just by, by right, exactly. Not even I'm, trying. Not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about them running up the score. for. But if there's ever if there's ever Of course, a, because I did it. And I went against my credo. I would. I just you, look you, at the Lions roster. And I just don't see how in hell they I, can even. Whatever. I hate those big spreads, but if there was ever a human reason, not an on-field reason, a human personal thing that you're capping into this uh, analysis, if there's ever a reason to go with the dog, it's the guys coming back. They all love them. They feel bad because they shit on him on his way out the door, and they're, now they all feel bad for poor Jared Goff. Who now you're making me, and I can't change it. You make me feel bad. I, well, I'm not saying I would go bet the farm on the Lions. No, no, but, no. But I, I, I just I should have kept my don't bet the Lions. I, I, yeah, but the, aren't they like what one loss against the spread this year? I think the Lions are one of the best spread teams in the league. Don't quote me on that. I don't. I haven't done my Valenti preparation, but they've they've been good. They've won multiple games against spread this past week. I know they lost because I was there uh, with them and, and getting bludgeoned. I had them in a big teaser thing. I had a plus. 15 or 16. I'm like, this. there's no way the Bengals blow them out. The Bengals blow them out. So, yeah, they'll fuck Yeah, they covered away. against Minnesota. They covered against Baltimore, I think. I think the Packers ended they up They had covering. a backdoor against San Francisco, depending on whether you got eight and a half or seven and a half. Most people won that backdoor, from my understanding, because yeah. the money was piling in late at that better line. But whatever, man. I don't know. They're a joke. They're always going to be a joke. I think the Dan Campbell hire, I love Dan Campbell. I know he's a guest on your show. I have never in my life rooted to be wrong the way I've rooted to be wrong 
about Dan Campbell in Detroit. I don't think it works, but we'll see. Um, I do have a bet on the Rams at minus 1,000 to win outright because there's no way they're losing. So we'll talk about the amount that I put on that game. But it's Oh, for Sunday? For Sunday. They just got to win. Money line. Minus 1,000. I'm not messing. I just got to win. I know. So let's say you put $10,000 down. Yeah. How much do you win for that? 1000 bucks. Okay. They're not losing the game. No. Even if the Lions get frisky, they don't have the personnel. No. McVay won't let it happen. They're organizational like tanking. By this the is one of the only times ever that the any given Sunday credo does not matter. It doesn't count. I agree. Like, it, even, who's Well, that? the Houston line's even bigger. What's the Houston line? I think 18 and a half at Arizona. I, I would take Houston. That's, that's it's, it's insane. Right. You give me down four touchdowns, Arizona's on the plane in their minds and the backdoor 10 points. I mean, it's, it's, you saw it with the Lions and the 49ers. The Lions, oh, there's signs that the team kept fighting. Valenny said it best. The 49ers were gone. Oh, yeah. The, the, they were laughing yeah, on the sidelines. The, the Baltimore game they played was the one where they really had, yeah. that was the curse. Well, get a stop on yeah, I know. fourth and 18 or whatever it was. All right. Well, that, that was it, man. I'm going to get you out for your sake. I mean, I'll Jesus. go all night, but yeah, I know. So, you know, I'm, I'm used to being hours. up till three. You're not. So, uh, man, it was great to have you. Hey, I hope you come back a third you know, time I, at some point. You know I will. We're averaging about one a, a year. It's better when I get a day off or you can do it really early. No, that's not, that's not possible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, Ben, Ben's got to work for the rest of you guys uh, in the middle of the day and the right. nighttime. I mean, you had kids. I know. You want to see the look at my wife's face when she's watching these three kids all day long. And I got to tell her, Hey honey, bedtime's on you too. There's a reason why I was getting out of the shower when you got here. Cause I, I, I was Yeah. Sweating. By the way, it made me freeze my ass off outside when nobody was answering the door. Did you not get my message? Yeah, but I was already at your out front. I, and I said, well, should I Well, yeah, you show up 20 minutes early. That's you. I well, say 15, you, I mean, you figure, you know. You show up 20 minutes early. I said, see you at 9. You show up at 840. I don't know, know what to tell you. 845. I was 15 minutes Bed, before. Bedtime, bedtime's like 840, man, uh, for those kids. Okay. You don't know my yeah, wife. Next time I'll, I'll my, my wife's the nicest person on earth unless you tell her, hey, honey, I'm not helping you at bedtime. Then it's not so pretty, man. But. I'd love to have you back. Look, right. I, I'm happy for you that not only are you swimming in riches, but the Detroit sports teams are on the on the come now. Oh, yeah, finally, it's going to be a while, but we still probably won't have any playoffs. No, but it's interesting. Yes. you're on the the upswing. Even the Tigers, if the Tigers, the Tigers, I think are the closest to any of them. Well, potentially, it depends if they make the moves. The, it's available to them, but Tigers are a great gateway for you because they're either going to do what they need to do and be awesome. Or they're not, and you can talk about that for six months. I mean, I could get six months of run out of that easily if Chris Illich goes cheap again. And even if there's some mixture of the two, he goes halfway. Torkelson, Green, Tigers are going to be great for you. They've I been terrible so. for a long time. How, who wants to hear about Matt Moore and Tyson Ross? I Josh know. Harrison, hopefully, Jordy Mercer. Hopefully baseball has not died. I just worry that. Even if they're really good, will they get the crowds that they used to? Yes. Will the interest yep. still be there? 100%. Okay. I hope you're right. Absolutely. They won't miss I know with people your age and up, but I'm talking about the younger. Well, I don't yeah. know about the demographic in the stands. Right. The seats will be full. I, I, am, I have no doubt in my mind. The way that stadium was packed for Cabrera, who is five years over the hill at this point. Well, it wasn't packed. I mean, what they had the most they had was like 28 or something like that. Really? Yeah. Corrected. I think when they're good, by the way, 28,000 for a team at the I, time, I, that I, was I know. horrible. I mean, they, they, by the they, way, he didn't play so bad the last yeah. four months of the season. He didn't. I mean, uh, he wasn't making 
But his numbers were his below average. I'm sorry. I, he, his oh, power numbers were bad. His OPS, I mean, again, I didn't prep this, but his OPS the last few months was still in the low seven, seven thirty, seven forty. You know, at, at least he was getting on base. He wasn't that much of a detriment. It's not like a Lions fan standing for Jim Caldwell. Oh, I was, I was wrong yeah, on that. How's one. nine and seven look now? It's like you know what? It looked bad then. And I now. was I was wrong on that one. What were you wrong about? I was I, I wasn't wrong. I thought they should have fired him, and they should have stand by that. And they should have hired the wrong guy. I, that, that, that's such a dumb. Uh, you were right, and you, you were right, and you're you're because there you're are certain right. guys that you think can't take the team to the next step, and he was that guy. Players, I didn't realize how much the players loved them and whether that meant anything or not. But I make no distinction at this point between oh and now 17 and 10 and 7, 9 and 8, and don't win a playoff game. No difference. I don't, I, there's nothing for me. I don't care. Just win a playoff game. Going on the road to Seattle or New Orleans in the wild card game and getting your doors blown off does no more for me so how, were, than 0 and 17. Were you born when they won the playoff game? In 91? Yeah, January I was, of 92. Uh, 92, yeah. 91 season, 92. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, when the, I was almost five. I turned okay. five two months later. Okay. Yeah. But I don't remember that shit. Mm. To me, it's never happened. Right. And the Tigers, it never has happened. I was born in 87 and 84. Right. So there's two teams. Like the Red Wings, I was just saying this the other day. I have no appetite to rip them. I, 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 there's plenty of bad shit to say about Ken in the last five years. I said stuff. Right. I, don't, I don't have any I don't have the enthusiasm for it. I love them. I can go on YouTube and, and watch the greatest team ever and remember being there and watching Pistons it every gave night. gave you a great six-year run, even though they I, should have won more than once, I've but at least they won. I've seen them win four titles. Michigan it, State's been really good for you. Yeah. If, you're, I, if people here are Michigan fans, they've had a nice little – since you've been in a I basketball. have contempt for the Lions. I can, I, the Tigers, they didn't get it done. They they should have fixed the bullpen. They everything else. It's unacceptable that they didn't address the bullpen. But you know what? In the World Series, the bullpen. You just missed them, man. But maybe I mean, not, maybe not football, but basketball. They oh yeah, made Final Fours. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, oh yeah, the, the, the Tigers. You brought up the bullpen. Bullpen isn't what killed them in the World Series. They well, couldn't. They couldn't hit in either World Series. In like, 06 and twelve, like, they hit? couldn't hit. By the way, they were prohibitive favorites in both those. Well, they, yeah, but it wasn't but, because of the bullpen, though. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But 2013, the bullpen was yes. uh, shaky at best, and that was the best team. I know. I have always said that the 2006 and 2012 Tigers, had they not swept in the ALCS, at least one of those two teams would have won. I don't care. You People can bring up this example of, oh, this team had eight days off in 1983, and they won. It, there's outliers. Sorry. I watched the games. I saw a team in both cases ran over Oakland, ran over the Yankees, hot as can be. Couldn't touch them. Couldn't hit because they sat around for six days playing fungo in the Comerica Park uh, parking lot. I, I, I'm sorry. Like You sound I, like Rieger. No excuse. What? It's not an excuse. It's just the reality. Well, it's just my fact, opinion. It's a fact that they had the layoff. But they, that, that affected them. It did. Placido Polanco, he couldn't get him out. Then he couldn't get a hit a week later because he's sitting, he's sitting on his couch uh, in, in Doritos with, with Jim Leland. I, I'm sorry. Like, they were a victim of their own success. Had they 
gone six games in those ALCSs, I think they win at least one of those two World Series. But no, it's not an excuse. Like, fuck you, win. You're a much better roster, especially in 06. That Cardinals team, 83 wins. The Tigers have had six better teams under Leland that didn't even make the playoffs. I wonder if they had a rain out, too, in one of those. In the Cardinals, I was there. In the Cardinals. I was no, there. No, I'm not talking about the World Series. Oh, Cardinals Mets, which yeah. prolonged the layoff they, even longer. They beat the uh, the Beltran Mets. The, the Beltran was home ring like every other remember, at bat. Remember Eddie Chavez made that great catch. Yeah, that was a great series too. But I just I'm sorry, like that Cardinals team, 2012, Jeff oh, Weaver, Reyes, like Supan, mm. like it was a bunch of Tigers and Royals castoffs. And they had a Wayne Reyes. 2012 when Verlander gets out pitched by Barry fucking Zito. Yeah, and not that Zito, like right, shitty Zito, right. <laughs> like shitty. Like, but why did we sign I, this I guy? I wonder what would have happened if Verlander pitched good in the All Star game, and not try to be Mister Egomaniac. They they lost the All Star. Were game. you on that train with the like he was throwing too hard and the too pumped up? Were you, were you on that? That a was like little a little bit, but I was more the fact that he just pitched like crap. And I do believe his performance. They probably would have. You know, won the game, and then they would have had home field advantage. It would have made it might have been different. Who knows? Who knows? Whatever. Who knows? All right. Uh, all right. We'll get you out. Thank you to Ben Augusta, the great and powerful Oz on the other side of the curtain. Great guy. Happy to be back. So this is a, a fun time for us. We had Stony tonight. Uh, Monday we have Anthony Broom, who formerly Amazing Brew, now Anthony Broom, good rivals. dude. You know Anthony, great guy. We just we correspond a lot, and I see him I, some press Everybody knows everybody. I didn't know you even knew Anthony. Um, yeah, so I, I figured you knew who he was, but that you knew him personally. Even 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 the Godfather follows that kind of that stuff. It's, it's very white of you. I gotta say, yeah. Anthony is my favorite Michigan source because he is smart. He is measured. He is a big Michigan fan, but like if you just read his stuff, you wouldn't necessarily know that. Like you would have to kind of know him on a personal level. No one even gives a shit on a personal level. You read all the recruiting crap loosely. I mean, I have an Imani Bates basketball on my bar. I read it a little bit, but I don't get into like the oh, we got our seven. Like, I, like three I'll, I'll read it, but I what's I'm not paying for it. That's the one thing I won't. No, I'm with I, you on that. I don't pay for it either. Uh, but Anthony, I would pay for it because I like his articles. The, 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 the whole like, oh, here's where this guy met at this Taco Bell. He's a three-star. We like him out of Odessa. I'm not into that. I, I don't judge you. I understand the importance of recruiting. I acknowledge the people that like poo-poo recruiting are ignorant. Right. But it, it, it's sort of like uh, what's under the hood of the airplane, like airplane engines. Like I, I know it's important that they're checked. I'm just not interested in the process. Like I just don't give a shit. Like. Uh, coach, you worry about that. I'll just, you know, uh, I'll just worry about the team winning and sitting and having a good time in East Lansing, which I hope to on the 30th. So broom on Monday. And then the big, big, big show Thursday, Thursday before the Saturday game, Andy Isaac up rocks is going to be in studio world of Isaac world famous. I was just interviewed by his wife's first cousin today. Guy named John Marks who does okay. afternoons in Philly with Ike Reese, who married somebody I forget her name, but he said his first her first cousin is Andy Isaac. It's a small world, man. Yeah, Isaac's a great guy. Andy's a great guy. So he's been on the show before, but he's almost like a special guest co-host this time. We have two mystery guests, Tony. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's gonna blow minds, and we are gonna be giving away prizes if you can figure out who it is. More on that to come. But that is a week from tonight. Again, not every everyone watches this live, but Thursday before that big game on Saturday, Andy Isaac with two wonderful, spectacular mystery guests. It's going to be fun. going to be exciting. Godfather, Detroit Sports Radio, Michael Stone, man, it was great to have you back. Hey.
I'll be back again. Safe travels to DC. Have you, fun. If they're Jewish, Mazel Tov to them. If they're not, you know, half and half. Actually. Congrats. Oh well, Mazel then. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah, just Mazel. Give them just the Mazel. All right, Spiro Avenue Show. We were gone for a while. Three shows in seven days. You're fucked now because we're back. See you guys. Bye.